And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. What a show we got for you today. It's football Friday. A great weekend of football games. And I'm going to call it, it's time to be put up or shut up for teams. College football, baseball as well. We got Joe Aguirre joining us once again. Talk New York Yankee baseball. Major news last night. Could the Yankees be on the verge of a record deal with Garrett Cole? And what does it mean with the Zach Wheeler acquisition from the Phillies? What does that mean for Cole and Strasburg as well? We got to talk about that. Very exciting time for the New York Yankee fans. Other than that, it's been pretty pretty pitiful to be a New York fan right now because, well, the teams have been horrible. But we also got college football as well. We don't, we'll be joined by Jace Garcia, big Utah U fan. They win, need a little help. Can we see the Utes in the college football playoff? And I think it's the toughest decision for this college f football committee since the college football player has been introduced to the college football world. And it's the NFL. Big weekend in the NFL, but we have to start off with last night. As well, once again, what happens? Another week. And I was just saying, put up or shut up. For a couple teams, and we'll talk about big games, the Buffalo Bills, and the Kansas City Chiefs. It's put up or shut up for them this week as well. But speaking of put up or shut up, it's the Dallas Cowboys once again. We were here last week, and we talked about the Dallas Cowboys on their performance on Thanksgiving. And that same Buffalo Bills team that was going into Dallas, it was a put up or shut up game. They accepted the challenge. They took care of business against those Dallas Cowboys. One week later, the Dallas Cowboys are back on Thursday night. The same result, again, abomination, pitiful. I'm a Giant fan. I know what abomination is this year. That's the New York Giants. That's the NFC East. This is the biggest laughingstock. I know we're Giant fans and what the laughingstock definition of teams. But you look at the NFC East right now, it's a laughingstock. And it's led by the Dallas Cowboys, who are a laughingstock right now. Dak Prescott. Yeah, he threw for 300 yards, but as Troy Aikman said, it's fake stats. Jerry Jones, the one owner in all of sports that has to have a weekly press game or post-game conference. This team, you look at the Dallas Cowboys each and every year. We talk about them. And we put them on this certain pedestal nowadays. Like they're a championship team. They've won Super Bowls. They haven't won anything. Since I've been born, I've never seen the Dallas Cowboys even get to a conference championship game. 25 years of And, of and it's going to continue. You look at this NFC East right now, man. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Giant fan. Giants are horrible. I get that. But you look at from the top to bottom. We're going to have possibly either the Redskins are still in play, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. One of those teams is going to the playoffs. One of those teams could be under 500. This, I mean, if you're a Dallas fan right now, 
What do you? What do you? We know. No, no. How do we know? Because how do we know? Same story for twenty five years. No, but same. But it comes down to no. But it's different. I'm gonna use your thing. I'm gonna use your work reference. It's like watching the Hallmark movies over and over. The same damn story plot line. We they they got the little sentimental thing. Then there's some tragic moments in the thing, and then we know at the end the guy's gonna get the girl and they kiss. We know how it goes. The Cowboys started off great, three and zero. They look like. Killers are killing the Redskins. They're beating the Giants. They're beating the Dolphins. Everybody looks good against those teams. And then, and now, where have they been? They've been the same thing. They 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 go into the rut. They've had two good seasons in what the last eight nine years that Jason my, been my, the coach. The thirteen three and twelve and four. They, but they are. I think about this team as the first couple of years with Jason Garrett as a coach, when they were eight and eight three years in a row, and they lost to. The Giants last week of the season. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Redskins and they mm-hmm. lost to Philly. Mm-hmm. That's what the Cowboys are. Remember, we were talking about them a couple years ago. They had the like in they had done the, like the last seven or eight years. They were one sixteen and one sixteen. They they are what they are. They are a five hundred team. They have tons of talent. Let me. But let me, they have never been. Able, there's always been excuses. Tony Romo botches the snap in Seattle. Okay. I think it's di- hold on. I think it's different from those th- situations why, because why, what makes those team different? They've because, always been talented. Well, those teams, those teams. I don't think they were as talented as this team. Here's a, this team coming into this year. But Jerry Jones, Jerry di- Jones has always... I know, but this division as a whole. These two teams, and we've talked about it countless times this year, it seems like. The Eagles and Dallas Cowboys coming into this year were two teams that we had at the top, maybe at the top of the... Maybe not us with Dallas, but at the t- for most fans and most, most analysts, Super they Bowl were games. projected two teams that could be fighting... For an NFC East title and an NFC title no, no, as well, no, and no, even listen, Super Bowl. I over, how with the NFC East? It was always those two teams for the NFC East. The Redskins and Giants were supposed to be garbage. We knew that, bud. We're not ta- Listen, the Redskins, um, excuse me, the Philadelphia Eagles won a Super Bowl two years ago. Mm-hmm. They got that in their back pocket. The Giants, they got two Super Bowls since 2007. They've been in. The Cowboys don't got anything, they got nothing in 25 years. The last time they've been relevant was 1995. It's true. That's the last time. This team has been mediocrity from this from from day one for the last, past 25 years. Since they got rid of Barry Switzer and they listen, you can blame Jerry Jones, you can blame Jason Garrett, you got to blame the players too. This is a culmination of everything. I you know I said to one of my our guys that comments all the time, Steve. You know he blamed Jerry Jones. I agree, Steve. You're right, partially right. It is Jerry Jones. But Jerry Jones last night did not make the play calls. Jerry Jones is not the guy that's getting the team prepared week in and week it's out. Easy, and hold on. It's and easy. And then here's the other thing. And then I said, the other 22 guys that are on the field, are those – did Jerry Jones miss the tackles on third and nine when Cordell Patterson is catching a five-yard pass and he goes for 37 yards? No. Is he the one making the defensive stops? Is he the one going off sides? No. At, at one point or another, when do we look in the mirror and say, okay, the players have to also – play to a certain level it's you know, easy it's, listen, e- it's the easy did, thing did, did to Dak, do did Dak look good last night absolutely not he had no. 300 yards passing but that's fake stats like Troy could sit in the last four minutes when you're playing prevent defense and you give up 80 yards in the last drive who cares Zeke they go see this is I look at the beginning of the game 17 plays eight minutes drive go right down the field they run the football they convert two or three first downs they score a touchdown I'm like all right this team looks good and then what I saw you last night, I said they reminded me of the Giants yeah, a little first bit. Weeks. First couple weeks, they go down against Dallas and a, a couple other teams. They go down the field first drive. They score a touchdown. 
and then they get the doors kicked out of them. They just this Dallas team they have pieces. The puzzle's not put together. I think I think they need a change of coach. They they need to change the coach. Mm-hmm. He is not doing it. No, he's he not. He is not he's being not. successful. You, you, sometimes you just need a change of voice. It's like a change of scenery as a player. The players are not playing to their exact. Zeke doesn't look like the same running back he was three years ago. I'm glad he got paid because he looks a fat slob. No, you know he what? His- no, I think that that's where I want to come in. And you paid Zeke the biggest contract as a running back in NFL history. Yet you don't use these guys. Like, even with the Giants, I, I don't understand it when you have these top-tier talents like Zeke, like Saquon, and you don't use them to their full potential. You don't feed them the ball. When Zeke gets the ball, the past couple weeks, against the New England Patriots, he looked great running the football. Against, last week, against the Buffalo Bills, he looked great running the football. Last night, first drive, he looked good running the football. Yet we still, or the Dallas Cowboys yet, still want to take the ball away from him. Get him out of the game plan. And I don't understand it. When you have that great of a talent, on your team, you'll give your best player the ball. Yet they want to give Dak Prescott the ball. And I've talked about this. I can't say it enough. And I don't want to be I don't want to repeat myself, but this is what Dak Prescott is. This is what he does. This is what he did in college. This is what he's doing now. He continues to show why he shouldn't be a franchise quarterback. He shouldn't have the term for him and he shouldn't get paid. I don't understand why we're giving why, – why Zeke, yeah, you want to say, oh, he doesn't look the same. He's still one of the best backs in the game. He's still, when he gets the ball, it's positivity all the time. The team is rolling when he's getting the ball. When they take the ball out of his hands and they go past happy, they look yeah, lost. But if, they yeah, look but, ba- yeah, but if you take the run, that 131-yard run, he had the rest of the game. He had 18 carries for 50 yards for 2.8 yards a carry. He's not hey, – listen. It happens. That, but that's yeah, but what running backs that, do. That's what happens to a lot. If Christian McCaffrey doesn't was, go for an 80-plus yard, I it's not as sexy I, I on the stat book. I was talking to one of the supervisors last night at Yale and uh, one of my the guys, and he's a cowboy friend, and he goes, this cowboy team is overrated. Everyone thinks this offensive line is good. It's really not that good. It's not the same offensive line. Zach, they have the names. They have Tyron Smith. They have Zach Martin. They have Travis Frederick. But they're not as dominant as what they were two, three years ago. Now, it's a, you know we talk about New England a lot, too, on this show. New England has a bad offensive line this year. A lot of the people because of injuries and mm-hmm. they just certain circumstances. But they're still winning. And a lot of that has to do with coaching. Okay. Not the GM. It has to do yeah, with... Yeah, that, that's just the easy excuse. The people that want to just say, oh, Jerry Jones. We know what Jerry Jones is. We know what he's going to do. Whoever the coach is, that's why Bill Parcells got, didn't ever have the same buddy-buddy uh, uh, relationship. That's why guys like that don't work and leave, eventually leave. And that's why guys like Jason Garrett stay for 15 years or 10 years, should I say, because he's a yes man. We know that Jerry Jones is a problem. We get it. Thank you. Move on from it. But Jason Garrett is not a good coach. You think If you think Jason Garrett is a good coach, then you're not watching the same product that we are. Watch, watch everybody that talks about it on, in the sports world. If you, do th- if you think Jason Garrett is a good coach, you are not watching the same thing. I'm sorry. It's that simple. We know what Jerry Jones is. We know that he is a problem. But we also, but we, we know. But we also know that... J- Get over it. We also know that Jerry Jones also drafted Dak Prescott. 
it's panned out pretty well for a third-round pick. He drafted yes. Zeke over Jalen Ramsey. Panned out pretty good. He yeah. drafted Tyron Smith with USC. Travis Frederick. And Zach Martin. Back to, Zach Martin. Back to back to Byron back to Jones. Listen, he, traded they, for, when, he traded for Amari Cooper. Wait, listen, when they traded up, that people questioned that move. I remember Mel Kuyper questioned, why did the Cowboys draft come back up into the first round or a late pick? It was a 30th pick, I believe, the year they went 12. They Travis Frederick, 31st pick. People questioned it. It, it was a pretty, good pick. a pretty good pick. Drafted Jalen Smith. Was Leighton Van Der Esch, another pretty, guy. That was a risk, too, because he had neck issues. Now, we're seeing that right now. because He's, he's out. the one that's drafting these now, pieces. He's, he's put all the pieces. It's up to the coach to put. But it to, also to has to the, come down to the players, now, too. It's, it, it's, and the playoffs, players I didn't look good last realize. night. Now, it's also unfortunate that as a coach, every time you have an issue, you have to worry about the GM slash owner having a press conference like you said. Yeah, what the hell? What I, I literally think it's laughable. I was watching before you came home from work. I was watching it. I'm just I'm I'm sitting on the couch. I'm literally laughing because what other team does that? What, Who what what owner in any sport, let alone that? The only person I think of or could think of, and if you're a Yankee fan, it's, what, it's Steinbrenner, it's the old George, God rest his soul, George Steinbrenner, because George would do that. George had no problem going down right into the locker room. But after that's the game. what ego got. That's what egotistical. Now guys here's do. the thing: that's he won. Guys, now yes. Jerry Jones won early, but he hasn't won in 25 years. Now he was the same guy now as he was back in the day. The problem is Jimmy Johnson was an outstanding coach. He was an outstanding coach for the University of Miami. He was an outstanding coach in the NFL. He's a great coach. But period. what happened was Jimmy Johnson started getting a little more, started getting the recognition, and Jerry Jones didn't like that. Okay, it's an ego thing. It happens. It's just like and that's why listen, I, you and me have a little ego thing when we do the show. No, that's not us. Not us. We don't have egos. Uh, trust me, I say all the time that you don't have, you, def you, you definitely it, don't you have an ego. I say you can't do the show without me, but you say I. Ted, you definitely don't you have. You say it. I can't do the show either. Our point. Listen, our point is. Here's the thing. Zero Jones has put pieces together. They needed a receiver last year. They went to get Amari. Look at what what the Cowboys did when they got Amari Cooper. Jared, listen, Jerry Jones is a problem. But to think the coaching's not a problem. Yeah, you're not watching the you're same. Not, look, you're not watching the same product then. You're just not watching the same thing. Kellen it's plain Moore, and simple. I'm sorry. Thing, Kellen Moore is 31 years old. Look at his number. Every team that he's faced a, a, a veteran defensive coordinator this year, and they've lost to. They've lost against teams that have winning records, meaning they have good coaching staff. Why are they getting beat on a lot of these games when they have – here's the thing we always joke about. Teams that have more talent should win, like we think in college football, I'll use this thing, should win majority of the time, right? When the NFL, it talks about this all the time. I remember Colin Collard talking, and I, I know I relate him all the time. Why is why can the uh, the Patriots consistently win when they don't have better talent than everyone else? The Steelers teams that could not beat the Patriots always had better talent than them. Why? Because coaching in the NFL matters. It comes down to coaching. Sean Payton and the Saints, they have great talent. But coaching, it's certain coaching. Can you maximize your talent as Pete a coach? Car Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is another example. Coaching. I mean, they don't always have the great talent. They have a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. They did have great Listen, talent. But once they lost the great talent, guess what? They still the Rams, managed to win playoff the games. They into, still the have Rams went into the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. They were the more talented team to the Patriots. They got out coached. Even Sean McVay said it because Belichick is smarter. Do you think this – I know Belichick's probably the wrong guy to use, but if Belichick was the coach – for this Dallas Cowboy team, do you think they'd be, they'd be Super, six they'd be and six? A, no, they'd be a Super Bowl Absolutely. favorite. Do you think Sean Payton, if this team was six, they'd be you, a Super Bowl favorite? Do you think if Andy Reid was? Do you they'd think probably if Pete be a Super Carroll Bowl, was? They'd probably be a Super Bowl. All those no. guys would be Super Bowl favorites. It comes down to coaching. Jason Garrett is what he was when he started his career. He's eight and eight and eight. 
He's the same eight and eight, eight and eight, eight and eight. That's what he is. But when you get great talent, those eight and eights go to ten and sixes, twelve and fours, thirteen and threes. When they get the talent, and that's what they've done. Look, you could you could blame it on a lot of pieces in this. You could you can blame it on the players just not given the credit and the effort anymore. Where, where the, was the defense the last night? The Trubisky had four touchdowns coach, last night. Was, the was, coaching, that, was that Jerry Jones' fault? Was Jerry Jones making the tackle when Trubisky's running a the read coach, and he goes coach, for a 31-yard rushing touchdown? There's a touchdown? lot of excuse, There's no. a lot of reasons for this. The coaching, the, the ownership, as a it's whole. the ownership. I want to get over to the Dak Prescott because that has that was been that's been probably one of the most asked questions throughout this year. And is it Dak, Dak Prescott, a franchise quarterback. Should he be paid? Should he get paid? Right now, Ted, I'm going to give you two options right now. Two players that I'm not going to name right now. I'm going to ask you what player you would pick. Okay? So player A. He's been in the league for four years. Finished 13-3. and three. In his second year, 9-7, and 10-6. and 6-7 and right now. 37, counting, it's now over 4,000 yards passing. Last year, 3,800, 22 touchdowns, 8 picks. 33, 22, and 13. In his first year, 23 touchdowns and 4 picks. You probably know who the first one is. Yeah. The second guy, here's player B. Let's see what you would decide. Three years, 4,100 yards, 4,900 yards, 4,100 yards. Touchdown to interception. 29 and 11, 25 and 12, 27 and 13. Win loss record. Nine and seven, eight, seven and one, seven and nine. Which quarterback would you rather have? I mean, probably What would you rather have? I mean, one guy's been in the league longer. You had one three seasons. Well, I've just gone three seasons based off of. Not the forget about the just three seasons. Who would you rather have? Player A or player B? Probably. Uh, B. Okay, so you would rather have Kirk Cousins. That's Kirk Cousins' stats. The three years that he was with Washington, when he officially became the starting quarterback, and we know the history of Kirk Cousins with the Washington Redskins. That was Dak Prescott that was player A. So you're telling me that you would rather franchise or have a guy like Kirk Cousins than Dak Prescott. So my question to you, Ted, is... I think they're, would the, it be, I think they're the same quarterback. Would it be a major mistake... For the Dallas Cowboys to franchise Dak Prescott. Absolutely not. I think it's the best thing to do. Okay. I'd rather do, franchise him. Do than, tell. I'd rather franchise him than give him the big contract because that's what we're talking about. There, there can't be. Here's the thing. You can't just take Dak Prescott and let him walk for nothing. You can't. It won't. First of all, it won't happen. It just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. He's too good of a quarterback. And when I say too good, he's not. I, I would. I would. He's not in the bottom ten quarterback. No, that's okay, that's this obvious. This is not Andy Dalton. That's this obvious. Is, okay, that's what I'm trying. This is not Joe Flacco. Mm -hmm. This is not Eli Manning. Of like it was the end of his career. This is not. Okay. No, I got you. Dak Prescott. If you're the Cowboys, why not franchise him? Pay him the freaking thirty-seven million dollars next year. It's a one-year deal. Make him prove it again. Okay. Make him prove it. Okay. Here's the thing. If he doesn't, my point. Here, I'm not, here's the thing. I think it's the best thing because. Would you rather franchise him for one year and let him prove it? And listen, or would you rather him si sign him up for, say, let's say five years and $120 million with $100 million guaranteed? Let's just, put it, let's just say those are the average numbers. They're probably not even close. Maybe if it's probably even much more. But just say he gets top three, top four money. 
You'd rather sit with Dak Prescott for another five years and have the same numbers than say, hey, listen, what's the chance to say you franchise him right next year? He mm-hmm. gets hurt, the Cowboys go four and twelve, and then you or two and twelve, and then you have a two, two and fourteen, and, and then you have a then you have a chance of getting a top court. I'm not saying that's about I'd rather franchise him for another year. I have no problem with that. My point I, I think I think franchising him and keeping them control for one more year. Doesn't give you the liability and 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 the ability to have to worry about his contract for the next five years because if you say you're paying him, here's my feeling on you're not going to be able to. What I think Dak should be paid is not what he's going to get paid. What I think he's worth is between twenty five and thirty. That's where the market says he should be, but the market that he thinks he is value and where everything else is being established at the at the NFL quarterback market is 30, I would say 31, 32 million plus. Mm-hmm. He's in 34 to 35 million dollars. That's what he wants. That's what he's going to say to Jerry Jones. Listen, you've paid me garbage for 3 4 years, 500,000, 500,000 whatever. I think he's only made like 3 million dollars so far as an NFL quarterback. I wanted to get paid. I deserve it. Okay. I've had a winning record every time. I, here's my the, so my point so you you would you rather pay him the thirty-five million because you're not paying him twenty-five? Mm-hmm. Pay him the one-year deal, then five years of thirty-five. My million. point, my and you know, and you said this: go pay him the forty million. You're not going to be able. If to, you're a giant, if you're a giant you're fan, not, you're an NFL fan. You're not paying Amari that much. You're not going to be able to sign Amari next year. You're not going to be able to sign Byron Jones. Your team is going to take a deficit. We've seen this when you pay quarterbacks big money. You're not going to be able to make your team as a whole that much better. I'm just not you. I'm not you. Just look, I'm just just looking at the comment section, and I, I just, just saw. Keep a com- going. I just saw a comment that just. I'm sorry, Dak Prescott is not a top ten quarterback. You're out of your mind if you think Dak Prescott is a quarterback. And he's playing the when he's playing the Redskins and the bottom half of the teams. So be it. He might be the best quarterback in the league, but when he plays playoff caliber teams, he's not. I would put him in the ten to fifteen range. I'll put him outside of fifteen. I'll no. Put him, I'll put him outside of ten. I'll put him in the 12-15 range. That's fine. Not a top 10. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. I'm sorry. My point is about this whole thing is that you look at the numbers. Kirk Cousins' numbers are better. The win-loss record, you would favor Dak. Well, we've but al- they're both the same type of quarterback. We've always now, talked about da- this. Now, but would Dallas go in the same direction as the Washington Redskins did and keep giving him the $35 million, then go up even more, close to maybe $40 million, or even – I don't know how what it's going to be the next year, but – would you be willing to go that much knowing that what type of quarterbacks – look, you said it a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you said it last week. But after two or three years, you already get the feel what type of quarterback you have. You know. You know. So what makes – after four years, what makes you say, oh, Dak Prescott's a franchise quarterback? Yes, he, play, he plays the part, right? The he, doesn't, he doesn't go out of his way to be the ego – player that he, the egotistical player that some quarterbacks are the big headed type players but he plays he stays healthy he scores he gets touchdowns for you but my thing is is that when he's playing against top notch teams defenses where are they it's he doesn't fake, have a winning it's record ca- it's kind of like Troy Aikman said fake stats it's all fake stats to me when it comes to playing big teams because he goes irrelevant he goes on he goes missing he was, in those big he games was not good like the night. Dallas Cowboys in as a team the past 20 years when it comes down to it well here's, and that's you what say hold this on. show you is know made, who used to, you know who used to do that too and I, I'm, I'm cutting you off Tony Romo Tony Romo used to put up phenomenal stats for the Cowboys every year. But how many times did we used to question Tony Romo's failures in the playoffs or in late games 
late in the season, he'd always throw a pick. You, we'd laugh about it. We used to make a joke. When is Romo and the Cowboys going to throw a pick? Here it comes. You know it's coming. You mm-hmm. know, like you knew, you anticipated it happen. It's the same thing with the Cowboys and Dak now. Yep. It, here's the thing that if they were thinking he was the franchise quarterback for the future, future, then his job, his they would have signed him. Good, so that's be it. What, so go sign him. So that's why I'm, I'm saying they're going to franchise tag him because if they were going to sign him, why wouldn't you have the deal done? Go sign him, they please. S- give him a hundred million. Give him a hundred million a year. I, but please. they're not gonna right now. You Trav. know what I mean. I, Just give him any money he wants. He's so deserving. Trav, he, that's the issue right now. They don't want to, and he wants it. And that's why they're going and to the have. Qu- and that's just, why they're going to be a my Washington. My question is, if it goes next year, will he pull a Zeke and sit out? And that's why they're going to be a Washington Redskins type team because of the factor that Washington did the same thing. They didn't believe that he was a franchise quarterback. Eventually, they let him go. Do why you so think the Redskins should have kept him? No. Do you think the Redskins should have kept Kirk? No, Cousins? because those are what those two guys are. It was just like Kirk Cousins in college. So you, Kirk think they, so you think they did the right thing by letting him go eventually? Yes. I know they're in a bad position right now, but still, Kirk Cousins wasn't – you know what Kirk Cousins is. He was like that in college, and he's like this in the NFL, just like Dak Prescott was in college and in the NFL. It's that simple. Guys like that play well against lesser opponents. What about Mitchell but Trubisky then? Mitchell Trubisky? Hey, the past two weeks, I'm sorry, but the better quarterbacks – that's the reason why the better teams have won. Well, they also, Dak Prescott, also beat Detroit with the third Mitchell straight. Trubisky outplayed Dak Prescott. Josh Allen outplayed Dak Prescott. Now, I'm not saying those two quarterbacks are better than Dak Prescott, but for those, guys, for those games, those two guys outplayed Dak Prescott. That's why the Dallas Cowboys, the past two games, are 0-2. Dak Prescott has a big part of it. You can blame a lot of people for this whole mess right now before we shift over to the New York Giants. And speaking of a, a disaster right now, the Dallas Cowboys, there's a lot to blame. You can point the finger at Jason Carrot, Jerry Jones, Dak Prescott, the team's effort anymore, the quit, it seems like. You can blame any of one of those. You're right now, the Dallas Cowboys are who we thought they were once again. They're in a 6-7 a, a and seven team right now, and yet they still have a shot to make the playoffs and still get a home playoff game in the wild card round. That's how the NFC East has been. Well, I'm going to shift over to the NFC East and stick with in the NFC East, and our New York Giants. If you haven't heard, good old Eli is going to be playing Monday Night Football again. But I think it has a bigger concern to me because it's Daniel Jones. And we talk about franchise quarterbacks. We're still TBD on Daniel Jones. You can't say that he's a franchise quarterback yet. He's had glimpses of showing that he is capable of being a franchise quarterback. But he has also well, moments that you're – but he's a rookie. We have to put that into account and the team, that he has. And the team, the team, team has been horrible. But you look at it. My thing is with this whole scenario is, yes, Eli's back. I'm happy. I love E, and I want to see him win. But I think it's more concerning for me as a Giant fan because yet we always – Eli Manning will always go down as one of the most polarizing athletes in the NFL forever because of his name and the debate if he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. It's not about the Hall of Fame. Eli's greatest strength was staying on the field. Never got hurt. And we always want to bash him for not being able to move. He was a statue. But he never got hurt. He was always on the field for 16 years. We can list the amount of big-name quarterbacks that have been injured out for the year, and teams have had to deal with that. Not the Giants. 
The Giants didn't have to deal with that. For almost 15 years. They didn't have to deal with that. Other than the blunder, the Giants never had to deal with number 10 being out. He was going to be under center as our quarterback. You look at this year. Daniel Jones, like I said, he's shown glimpses. But it's his rookie year. He's already got a high ankle sprain. And as a Giant fan, this is something new to us. Because like I just said, Eli Manning never got hurt. We were never used to somebody getting hurt. Yeah, but hurt. that's not the norm. No, but for us, the norm is the giant quarterback, because we've had him for so long, is always going to be playing each and every week. Yeah. Now, whether the result may be a win or loss, that was to be determined as well. But now you see in his rookie year, Daniel Jones is already dealing with an injury. It's an ankle injury. It's a high ankle sprain. It's not a fun injury to have. The same injury that Saquon has has been dealing with is the same that Daniel Jones has right now. And that's concerning to me because if he's injury prone, that's always a factor that I'm, you have I'm to take. I'm not going to take one little ankle injury. It's not injury. a little. It's something not little because it, this, it could this, linger. This could, be a, this could be a benefit for the New York Giants. This could be a very Can good Can it? Benefit. Yes. Really? You got to look at it from Because both. if the Giants win, that's a benefit for the New York Giants? No, of course not. Listen. But you're making it seem like that. No, I'm talking about Daniel Jones as a benefit. To okay. be able to sit back. Do tell. The best thing that happened last year for Sam Darnold was to sit and have Josh Rose. Um, excuse me. Um, oh, my God. I'm drawing a blank. Help me out, my, my brother. I don't know. The quarterback from the Jets last year. Oh, Sam Darnold. And they yeah, he got hurt. And who was the backup that started for him? Oh, McCown. Josh McCown. There we go. I said Josh. <laughs> Jesus, I'm saying Josh Rosen. Help me out here. Josh Rosen? Where's Steve? Steve, where are you? You got to help me out on those things. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Last <laughs> year, when Sam Darnold was hurt last year and sat over those three weeks and Josh McCown came in, he said he learned a lot and was yeah. able to develop. And, and that, that could help Daniel Jones. You know, I know he sat early in the first two weeks. But now, now being able to be hurt – no, I, no one wants their quarterback to be hurt. But I think, listen, he's going through a tough time right, right now. The Giants have lost eight straight. If they lose this week on Monday night, they'll tie the 1976 Giants team for the most consecutive losses with nine. They're, right now, they're historically one of the worst. Right now, the Giants' three-year span right now. It's like the 70s, 71 through 73, or 73 through 75. Whatever, the whole 70s. Ask Dad yeah, about it. Ask any New York Yeah, Giants. ask Dad. This is historically really, really bad team. Yep. The Ray Perkins team, the Ray Hanley. I mean, they don't even know about – people don't know about these guys – this is a historically bad run franchise right now for the past three to five years. And I don't even really count their 11-5 playoff team because it was kind of – I don't even know. how. I mean, Bacadou's first season. Bacadou. 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 It's just – it's going to be cool to see Eli Monday night. Can maybe, he hurt, can maybe, he hurt the Giants? Some Manning magic. Can he hurt but the Giants? The, the Giants have so many issues on this team. There's no way Eli Manning's going to make this team better and win the game. Can you imagine? Oh, any, I mean, anything could be happening in the football. I mean, Eli's, Eli's one of his – Listen. One of his biggest kryptonites was is the Philadelphia Eagles. Listen, he can't beat the Philadelphia Eagles. The Giants have lost like nine of the last ten against Philly. I was looking at He's one and nine against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's got awful. I, Least, re recently. I can't even remember the last recently, time. Recently, he's I one and nine. I can't even remember the last time the Giants beat Philly. 2015. I just look at it this way. Daniel Jones, he's hurt. He's going to be able to sit back, relax, rest, get healthy, mm -hmm. see the game from a different perspective again. Listen – I don't need him getting beat up and having lose have a fourteen game losing streak going forward. Listen, Eli, maybe he'll bring a little spunk to the Giants. Maybe they'll have a little bit more, little more, little something more on Monday. That night. could be scary though, because we could it could factor into the play of if we win games. That could be the factor of losing Chase Young and still possibly keeping Pat Shermer. Just throwing it out there. I'm not going to get into the Giants. I, I, I'm not going to no, get into I, the Giants. I see, I, and I'm going to take something from what I just listened to before. 
I think if Eli Manning goes in and wins games, say he wins two of the next four. Yeah. Now, first of all, that's awful for us in the, in the sense that we want Chase Young and we want the number two pick. Maybe even or the number, number one pick. Even the number one pick. I don't pick. care. Yeah. What I'm saying to you is if Eli Manning can come in and win games now, that's going to be an awful reflection on, on Shermer because, uh-huh. because the point of Shermer and Daniel Jones is there to get what, – what, we weren't there to bring Shermer in to make Eli Manning the future for the next three or four years. It was that eventually either the year before we thought we were going to get Darnold or the year later when we got Daniel Jones that he was going to take that rookie quarterback and do what Sean McVay did for Jared Goff mm-hmm. or what Doug Peterson has done for Carson Wentz and made them – yeah, big money yep. and made them as franchise quarterbacks. Yep. Well, if Daniel, if if Eli Manning goes in there and wins games, how is that going to reflect on Pat Shermer and his ability to get Daniel Jones and the New York Giants winning ball game? It's not. Mm-hmm. It's going to look even more poorly. If 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 Eli goes in and they look awful, you'd be like, hey, listen, not, Eli Manning can't win games. Daniel Jones is more athletic, can't win games. The Giants are just bad, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Shermer could be like, listen, I just got a bad team. This is not my fault. I'm doing it the best I can. I just got a really awful, poor team put together. And there's a lot of injuries, and everything else is incomplete. And if you give me another year and you give me another chance to draft people and build something, and with another year of my quarterback, I'll be able to. But if Manny goes in and wins games, he's going to be like, wait, you have Daniel Jones. He's more athletic. Things are going right. How could you have not won games? We knew Eli Manning's not better than Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. So what are we proving here? We're not proving anything that it's just proving that you're just really not the coach of the future. And, yep. and we're going to have to prove that next year we're going to have to get a new coach and we're going to have to redraft and we're going to have to reevaluate. I mean, time, I mean time's going to tell on. Reevaluate so. our team as a whole because right now the Giants defense is awful. The Giants can't run the ball. Mm-hmm. We can't pass block. We, Evan Ingram can't stay on the field. He needs to go. I'm sorry. They say it all the time. Your best quality as a football player is availability. If he misses six games a year, yeah. If you're, I know if you're not ta- on the field, you're not I know help- he's talented. You're not, hel- you're not helping the team. It's it's plain and simple. So be we'll see what happens come Monday night. I mean, if the Giants win, whatever. So be it. It is what it is. But that's just my thing to see is with with his injury right now. It was one of the, it was Eli's greatest strength. He could stay on the field. He was the Iron Man of the league. And now Daniel Jones is already battling. An injury in his first year. I'm not so worried about well, well, it. Not a major injury. High, it's a it's ankle sprain. Listen, guys deal with it all the time. Darnold dealt with injury. Everyone no, deals with injuries. I know. But as a Giant fan, it's concerning because we're not used to it. We're not used to seeing it. We're not used to seeing our quarterback but get hurt. You know hurt. what, though? We've been spoiled by Eli. So whatever. I want to be spoiled. I want to continue to be spoiled. You got to check back to reality. At least give me that because our team sucks. Check back to reality. At least give me that. I want to be spoiled and hope that our quarterback stays healthy because our team sucks. Let me get over to – I'm all done with the NFCs. The NFC at least is done talking with today. Now we're going to get into teams that put up or shut up. No, actually teams that matter. Teams that matter, but it's put up or shut up for two teams. I know there's some big games this week. Got the Patriots and the Chiefs, 49ers, Saints, then the Bills – and the Bills, one game out from the from the AFC East. I don't know what's going to happen with that. And then, like I said, the Bills against the Ravens. But it's time time to put up or shut up for the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. What type of team are these two teams? Last week, the Buffalo Bills accepted that first challenge. They went in the Jerry World on Thanksgiving against a team that most people, other than Buffalo fans, felt confident that the Dallas Cowboys would win next week. I did. Last, pa- last week. I thought the Dallas Cowboys were going to win last week. Was I wrong? Were we all wrong? The Bucs went in the Jerry World, 
and slapped around the boys. Now they get a chance to go against the juggernaut, the dominant rushing attack, the two-headed monster of Lamar Jackson's legs and arm that he's been picking apart everybody in the league so far. Are the Buffalo Bills once again ready to accept the challenge of being considered in that top tier now? That top echelon? Because, yes, they're 9-3, and three, but there's still, the na- there's still people that are like, ah. They don't know if they still believe in them. You get the opportunity. Yes, you are home. You get the opportunity to face currently, to me, the best team in the NFL right now. I just want to see the how they Baltimore compete. Ravens. I just want to Josh see how the Allen, Bills compete. Think about this. This is another thing that we really haven't talked about. These were the two most polarizing quarterbacks in that draft class. No, they're not. Yes, those That's are two. Not, polarizing is the wrong word. Well, okay, okay. Polarizing two was Baker Mayfield and Josh. Not polarizing. Two the most. Two, two raw, most, no, the, the two, two most raw, raw and prospects in this in the in their class. That's a better word. We, sorry about that. Thank you. No, you're good, buddy. Is Sam when we when they came out, all we talked about was Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, and, Baker Mayfield. and even Baker Mayfield. He climbed up the boards. You know the hit. You know the what happened. But everybody was still question marks surrounding Josh Allen and especially Lamar Jackson. Can their games translate into the NFL? Josh Allen had the big arm, but the accuracy issues. Lamar Jackson, he was a run-first guy. Can he, be, can he win with throwing the football? Well, right now, those two quarterbacks, you look at those two quarterbacks right now, those are the two best quarterbacks from that draft class currently. And you got to be, if you're a Buffalo fan, and if you're definitely a Baltimore Raven fan, you have to be excited and ready for this, the future. Because right now, the future is now for these two teams. The Buffalo Bills are here to stay. Josh Allen is here to stay, and you know damn sure that Lamar Jackson is here to stay and dominate this league. Josh Allen, it's amazing. You know Josh Allen leads quarterbacks with rushing touchdowns. He's got eight rushing touchdowns. Does he? Yeah. I, but I, no, so Lamar leads with rushing yards yep. with 977, and Josh Allen leads with eight rushing touchdowns. So you, right now, the matchup this weekend, these two quarterbacks, it's going to be um, the most total yards rushing which with the two combined teams' quarterbacks. Yeah. Josh Allen. Yeah. And listen, you look at these two teams. Nobody's talking about listen, we, Josh we, Allen, know, kind of under the radar. We see this all the time with Facebook memories the last couple of years with our Keys of City show and whatnot. Yeah. And we talked about, you know, we had this argument. People kind of misunderstood, like, is the pocket passer kind of being, like, stink compared to the – to the uh, athletic quarterback. And people were like, and we had the picture of like Tom Brady versus Michael Vick. And people were like, oh, I'll still take the pocket passer. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, we don't want like a run first guy, you know, like Michael Vick. But we're talking, if you look at all quarterbacks that were drafted last year, Lamar Jackson's having the most success out of the five quarterbacks. Second is Josh Allen. What are those two guys got most in common? Their ability to scramble and make plays with their leg. I would say right now, the, be- the third best quarterback, as of now, if he was healthy, it's been Sam Darnold because he's been able to move. He can move out of the pocket and make things. The fourth would be Baker Mayfield. And the worst athletic quarterback coming into the draft class last year was Josh Rosen. And he's been a lost soul, and I don't even know if he'll be in the league next year. That's mm-hmm. where we're at in this league. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying the future is all about the athleticism. You still got to be able to throw from the pocket. We see that. We know what Josh, Josh Allen. Day, we know Josh Allen. One of his greatest strengths was his, his, was his arm. But what makes the Ravens special is Lamar Jackson's ability to run and the dynamic offense that they have developed. And you look at what the Bills done. 
Josh Allen has not been special in the sense of like throwing for 300 yards. But when they but needed him most, he's come up with the big plays. And I really recognize that last week. I think about the touchdown the, run he had. I, I, was, I also think about the quarterback sneak. The and fourth the, and one? The fourth and one where he fumbled the snap. Picked it picked up. Picked it up. And, 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 got over. and got the first down. And then drove past the defensive back. I really. Uh, that's that, the type of guy. That's, that's what I'm saying. Name like. Think about an unathletic. Think about Eli Manning. Think about Tom Brady. Are they picking up that ball and be able to? Tom Brady gets the quarterback sneak all the time. No, but he probably, <laughs> he probably doesn't. Fall. But I'm just saying the ability to be. Look at Deshaun Watson. Look at Patrick Mahomes. The ability to move in the pocket. Aaron Rodgers. He's not athletic as he used to be. Mm-hmm. Look at. I mean, I I mean, Andrew Luck's ability was he was a pocket passer. But what do we think about how many times did you see Andrew Luck scramble and get 10, 15 yards? The old John Elway, Steve Young. See, guys that were able to move in the pocket and extend plays, especially now because in the college game, we watch college. They don't – the ability – the offensive line's ability is, is not like the same. It's quick passings. It's different. They don't yeah. teach blocking. They don't practice it like they do in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, college like they used to because of the rules. Yep. So your ability to be able to scramble in the pocket, that's why Daniel Jones – He's a pocket passer, but he can scramble. He can still make it plays. May, it's like Darnold. When you Darn, have a that's weak, what Darnold does When you have a weak well. offensive line, your ability to scramble and make plays with your legs drastically helps your team. My, um, you look at, like I said, I really, Josh Allen, what he's been able to do this year and make the big plays when his team has needed him the most. And last week was a great example of that against the Dallas Cowboys when the Dallas Cowboys, it seemed like we're going to try to get back into the game. Josh Allen delivered and made the, made the smart decisions. And this game is a huge, huge opportunity for the Buffalo Bills to maybe start. You 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 win this game. I know it's home, and who cares? You got to win at home. I mean, what if they lose at home? That, then that's a problem. You have to win at home. If they win this week against the Baltimore Ravens, who right now is the hottest team in football, the most dominant team, and the most complete team in football, that would be a, it'd, be a huge it'd be a huge win knowing as well, I'm going to shift over to this game as well, knowing that their division foe, who's only up a game, has a massive game as well. And this is the other team that I was talking about, is the Kansas City Chiefs. What type of team are they right now? We know they have their offense. We know they got Andy Reid. We know they got Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, the three-headed monster in the backfield, LaShawn McCoy, Damian Williams, Darwin Williams, we know what they got offensively. But what is this team? Coming into this year, we thought the Kansas City Chiefs were going to be in that upper echelon of teams that were capable of winning a Super Bowl. Right now, they're 8-4. and four. They're gonna, They look like they're on their way to winning the division again. But their defense has been so bad, it's been just like last year again, that can we take them serious enough? And that's why I say the massive game for the Patriots this is a massive game for the Chiefs, and this is a massive game for the Buffalo Bills as well because of the factor of the one-game playoff that's going to be coming up in the next couple weeks if the Buffalo Bills win and the New England Patriots lose this week. So what do we make of the Kansas City Chiefs this year? They've been great offensively, but their defense is horrible. They're, they're atrocious. And so I don't, and I talked to you about this a couple times, and you jumped to me, and you la- and you looked at me weird because you didn't. I said that I do not take this team serious enough to win a Super Bowl because of their defense. I know what their offense is. Their offense is amazing, one of the best in the league. They can put up points in a bunches. We know that, we understand that. But their defense has been horrible. They have a huge opportunity to go into Foxborough and pull out the win 
against the New England well, Patriots. And, th- and that's why, you know, I'll use this statement last week. We talked about the offensive line, the importance of the offensive lines in both the NFL, in the NFL. It's also the defensive lines, too. Can the defensive line of the Chiefs get pressure on Tom Brady? Because that's been one of Tom Brady and the Patriots' weaknesses is being able to protect him. He's not sat in the pocket as well as he's used to sitting in the past years. And that has to do with his offensive line just not being healthy and not having the pieces in the offensive line not being good. Now, if the Chiefs, on the other hand, they don't – Patriots don't have a dynamic pass rusher. You know, they have Kyle Van Waugh. They have the kid um, that they drafted out of uh, Michigan. What are you talking about? <laughs> Do you remember the kid they drafted out of Michigan? Mm-mm. Second round pick, the bond here. Katie looks like Clay. Oh, Matthews. Chase uh, Vinovich. Vinovich, yep. yeah. They don't have an elite pass rusher. They use Dante Hightower and pass rushing abilities. But if they can protect Mahomes and be able to run the football, I think the biggest thing is can the Chiefs run the football on this New England team? Because that's the one of the weaknesses that New England has. So if they're able to run the football, control the clock, and then use Mahomes in that explosive offense against New England, they're going to have a legitimate chance. Yeah. And that's why I think the offensive line and defensive lines are going to play huge roles in these guy games. Because I think, like, we've seen this before. New England, when they were successful and they had teams down, their offensive line was dominant. And they would be able to run the football and control the clock. Mm-hmm. And, and take games out. You know, I remember the Colts game, the playoff game, the deflate game. But other times we've seen this story before where they would run the ball, play action, and just, you know, one of the things about the Chiefs is keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. How do you do that? You run the football. Mm-hmm. You control the clock. You dominate the line of scrimmage. I mean, you can. That's have the, why the page. You can, you can that's the, why. Here's the thing: you can have the most author, most athletic quarterback in the world, but if you don't block, that's you know, why it's di- that's why it's different this year for the New England Patriots. That's why there's been question marks surrounding this team because their offensive line has been their bread and butter, their go-to weapon for the past twenty years. That's why they've won championships. They've won because they went inside the well, trenches and, and, and they run the football. So people that still want to say that the offensive line is not impactful in the NFL and doesn't think it's important. Well, here's here's my here's my. You just you just well, you're just speaking, blasphemy. Well, listen to this though. If it wasn't important, then why did the Texans give up two first round draft picks for Laramie Tunsil? Because they understood that you they needed to protect their franchise quarterback. Yeah. If you're telling me that just because they had that, I'm athlete, telling you, people don't understand the concept. I, I know. They just don't understand but, it. They think that yeah, all but, you need is a mobile quarterback nowadays to move outside the pocket and your team is fine. Well, that's, okay, that's fine. Well, that's why. That's why the Seattle Seahawks are ten and two. That's why the Baltimore Ravens are ten and two. The Colts are in playoff position. The Tennessee Titans are starting to play well now. Am I missing anybody? Am I missing multiple teams? Well, San Francisco runs San the ball. San Francisco is running the ball as Saints, well. Saints the ru- Saints run the ball. The New England Patriots have been able to run Green the ball Bay. in the past, and that's why they've won championships. And, Green and Bay. that's why their team is struggling right now because they can't run the football, and their offensive line has been average at best this year. So for people that want to say the offensive line is not important and impactful, then you're not watching the same product that most of the fans are. I'm sorry. You don't know what you're talking about if you honestly believe that. If you can sit in your seat and and type and say that with confidence, then you're not watching the same game that most fans are. I'm sorry. Then just stop because that's why the pit, that's why even the Pittsburgh Steelers are successful because they're starting to run the football and defensively. Yeah, do you know, and do you know where their offensive team. line ranks? Top two in the NFL. That's why they're starting to play well, and the New England Patriots have question Here, here's marks. Here's my question. If Lamar Jackson was playing for the New York Giants, do you think the Giants would be 10-2? Oh, so fans, fans would say that. Dumb fans would say that. Dumb fans would say yes. That, no, even, dumb, even, no, even, no, even, no, no. Even if Greg Roman was their offensive corner and they ran the same thing, do you think they would be the same Dumb fans would say... 
yes, they could still be. They'll still be. They, they would might be have ten, four wins, but they're they, not ten. They and would two. be ten and two in Lamar Jackson. That's what their defense fans. is garbage. But they don't. But you gotta block. You gotta block. You have to protect the quarterback. Listen, if the if the that's why we're already talking about. I saw our boy Jace who's gonna come on and talk college football. And yes, he, sir. He posted his Utah Utes fan. And he put his college football. Um, what his projections were going to be for the NFL draft next year. Yep. That's why the Arizona Cardinals are drafting, or the Washington Redskins are going to be drafting the left tackle out of Georgia, Andrew Thomas. Because, because of the value. Want, because the value of left tackle to protect their franchise quarterback. Yeah. Because either or, yeah. Haskins can't run like Kyler Murray, yeah. so you need to even more so protect him. I know. Kyler Murray can, listen, he can take out some deficiencies. But how much? But it doesn't take chase the fact that you need offensive How much line. better would he be if he had a better offensive line? Much better. Think about how good Tom Brady. We've always talked about, because we're. Let's go back to the Tom Brady and Chiefs thing. That's yeah. where we started. Yeah, yeah. If Tom Brady, all the years we've talked about, how many times we used to watch the game and you'd be like, he just sits back there with confidence. One, and two. You three, got like. It feel like five. It'd be like an eternity. I could go make a sandwich. Take, you know. <laughs> it feel like an eternity. Open up a beer and sit back on the couch, and he still hasn't thrown the ball yet because of the offensive line protection. He hasn't now. To the point, they haven't had a serious offensive talented player other than Gronk on his team in years. Okay, they had Antonio Brown. They need to bring him back. Mm. They need someone. Who would have thought, thought you'd say that? They let go of Josh Gordon, which I don't know why, but guess what? They scooped him they right need, up. They need a weapon. Listen, how, the reason Seattle, the consistently, they, we talked about this two years ago. The Giants Seattle had the worst offense, and they kept drafting offensive linemen because mm. they understood the protection value of Russell Wilson and what he means. Andrew Luck, they failed – that's why, Andrew, off- that's, that's why Andrew Luck is out of the league. They failed to draft offensive linemen, high draft. They did, oh, we're going to take the receiver. We're going to take another mm-hmm. running back. We're going to take this guy. Couldn't protect the quarterback. Got beat up, beat up. Now he's out of the league. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, they understood the Houston Texans. If they didn't protect Deshaun Watson, that he's going to be out of the league sooner than they want him. Because yeah, so you pe- want him for the next 10 years, yeah. don't you? Yeah. So you go, dra- you go give up your first two picks to go get the left tackle. The importance of the offensive line in these games, because for me, the Chiefs are, can you run the football on the on New England, control the clock, and be able to get explosive plays and get pressure on Brady? Yep. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm Who do you got? You got, the Bill, you got the Bills or Ravens? I got the Ravens to win. Okay. Close game. For me, in this game, what it's important to me is I want to see the Bills compete. I want to see them compete. All right. So That's who it. do you got for the Chiefs and uh, Patriots? I'm picking the Chiefs. Wow. I got the Ravens and I got the Pats. I got the Ravens. I, I just need a good game from Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Listen, and the two other games quick, 49ers or Saints, and then the Rams and Seahawks. Who do you got? I mean, we didn't get into it, but I wanted to talk. I mean, this is I mean, this is gonna be an um, this could be the NFC championship matchup right here. Okay, so who are you picking? I'm gonna pick the Saints only in the one reason because they have home field advantage. And, then and who playing are you picking? and playing in the Superdome is a huge advantage. We've talked about this all the time. Drew Brees, Michael Thomas. Don't count out the 49ers. What they did last week against going into Baltimore and still having— And don't underestimate the Saints defense. Of course. Because the Saints defense is really good. Let me close out with this NFL. And I got the Seahawks as well, and I'll go with the Saints as well. I got all the favorites. I'll take the Rams. I got (sighs) the—good luck. I wanted to just do this quick. Surprising or not surprising so far in the NFL? A couple things that I wanted to do, and what I mean by this is what's been surprising to me? There's been a couple things. Ryan Tannehill? Has been very surprising. Did not think he'd be doing this. Five and one right now, and the Tennessee Titans are in play for a wild card. I also said the Dolphins. Now, you might call me crazy, but the Dolphins have three wins right now. For a team we thought was going to be historically bad this year, I thought they weren't even going to score more than 100 points. 
they had me fooled. They got three. They got three wins. I think you owe me on that bet too. They, I, yeah, they, they have three wins. They have more wins than the Giants. Also, the Raiders are another team that's been surprised. Didn't think they'd be at six and six. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, for a team that started one and four, lost Big Ben down to their third string quarterback to be seven and five, and right now the sixth seed in the wild card. Mike Tomlin is going to keep his job for all the Steelers fans that wanted him out. Amazing job for the Steelers, and they continue to impress and maybe get to the playoffs. Now, the team, the things that have not been surprising to me. Well, the first one, remember when everybody said that Nick Foles was a franchise quarterback? And everybody said that the Gi- they should go, the Giants should go get him. Some people, some fans that watch our show that said Nick Foles was a good quarterback. Yeah. How's that turned out for you? $88 million mistake for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mark- Gardner Minshew is the future. Do you know they're 0-4 with him? They're 0-4 with Nick, with Nick Foles. The Jaguars are a joke. Good. $88 million. Go on. Just like that. So all you people that thought Nick Foles was a quarterback, yeah, I told you. I guess you were. I guess we were wrong on that one too. And Odell Beckham Jr. and the Cleveland Browns. I mean, obviously they've been a joke. Odell Beckham has been almost MIA this year. Haven't really talked about him at all. Now he wants to be out of Cleveland. That's what Odell Beckham Jr. is. We know what he is. Classical. Great talent, but he wants it his way. And if it's not his way, then he wants out. He wants the bright lights. He wants L.A. He don't want to be there anymore. I also think if you were winning, things would be different. If winning they're 9-3, I don't think he's got the same complaints. Well, if he's not getting the ball, we don't know. I, but he's not getting the ball, like you said. He's not getting the ball, and they're 5-7 and seven right now. But all those people, like I said, that wanted to say Nick Foles, nice job. I think a new head coach, though, in Jacksonville could change that a little bit with him. Nah, Gardner Minshew is the few. People are behind Gardner Minshew. I think people are done with Nick Foles. This is what Nick Foles Nick Foles is going to be back next year. I know. He has to. This is what Nick Foles did with the Eagles and then went to the Rams. Had the one great year with the Eagles, 27 touchdowns, two picks, Pro Bowl year, and then went to the Rams and was a joke. Won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. Congratulations. Just like the coordinators, certain guys are made to be backups. And have the I'd, like to, runs. See, I'd I, like to see a more innovative coach in Jacksonville and see okay. if, like well, Doug Peterson, a type of guy okay. like that, to see if Nick Foles, if they can get the best out of Nick Foles. <laughs> because okay. I don't think what here he's playing right now is what he really is, but I also don't think where he was in that Super Bowl is really is. I think he's in between. Nope. You know where I put him in? Same category as Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins. Very good quarterback, can win you a lot of games. Oh, my can God. Put Nick Foles doesn't have enough. At least at least give Dak and Kirk Cousins at least a credit. Nick Foles has got the Super Bowl. That's all he has. Okay, that's all you need. But, that's, but, 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 no, but, no, but, 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 no, 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 but, Eli Manning's got two, and oh, whoa, 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 he's 116 whoa, 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 and 116. Wait, 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 wait. The same but, thing. But Eli Manning also has 56,000 yards passing. He's also led the NFL in interceptions three times. And so is Brett Favre. Brett Favre leads all time in interceptions. What's your point? Who cares? Don't compare Nick Foles to the others. Brett Favre's Nick not, one, had, Brett Favre's not 116 Foles, and 116. Nick Foles has had one good year and a magical run. That's it. That's all Nick Foles is. All right, so get the right coach in there and maybe you get a magical run. Go get Gardner Minshew. Could be your future quarterback. Fans are behind him. They're winning. They win with him. He's 500. I know he's 500. Well, if you invested 88 million, you got to see. You got to put someone innovative, not Doug Marone. Sorry. Uh, we'll see. You got Leonard Fournette. You drafted all these offensive line. You signed Andrew Norwell, the big free agent we'll contract. Hey, hey, Cam hey. Robinson. We'll see. You got this guy. They got a nice – I tell you, I like the receiver they got in Clark. 
He's been a, he's been spectacular in fantasy. Well, can you get me a tight end or somebody who could – because that's when he was great at using the tight end. Like I said, though. They, the defense has been a problem. They're not been, been Don't the give same. Nick Foles the credit. He had that one magical run. That was it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking a break. Ah. When we come back, like I said, we'll be joined by Jace Garcia to talk college football. Who's more deserving of that number four? And that, is this the toughest – position that the college football committee has been in to make this decision of who should be number four like i said we'll be talking all that in a couple minutes keys to the city we'll be right back folks you're listening to keys to the city brought to you by all noise radio here's your host trevor and ted Gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. If you didn't get the chance to check out our first part, you can check us out on Spotify and iTunes and YouTube as well. But we are joined with the host of Drawing About the G-Men and College Football, the hard-hitting college football show, Jace Garcia, the big Utah Utes fan. I think the only Utah fan I know about in this, I think in this area. I mean, I know there's, I know. I know there's a big Utah. I know there's, I know there's not a big following right now, and they've gotten. For this week, they've gotten completely disrespected in this. I mean, Paul Feinbaum, you saw. You, oh, he's you a saw, garbage. Yeah, the SEC bias guy. We know hit that. But to me, we've the past couple of years, there's been moments that we've seen that some teams have not been deserving of the playoffs and got in, not making the conference championship, and still making to the college football playoff. To me, I've said it to my brother. He tried to tell me, no. I think, to me, honestly, this is the hardest decision to make in the college football playoff history for the committee if, and it's a big if, if Oklahoma and Utah and Georgia end up losing. If Georgia loses, but Utah and Oklahoma win, it's going to be, without question, the toughest decision for the committee because you have two teams that are very similar and they're both conference champions. It's who do you favor more? Who do you favor, the Big 12 or the Pac-12? That's what it comes down to, the market. Who do you like more? Is it the Oklahoma brand or is it the new breath of fresh air, the Utes? I think it's even harder. Oklahoma, they just don't do it for me. Okay. I think it's even harder if Baylor wins because Baylor then has – did they beat everyone that Oklahoma I think it's easier if Baylor Baylor wins. If Baylor beats Oklahoma and Utah wins, I think it's easy for the committee. Yeah, I think they'll put Utah. I think they put Utah without question. But with Oklahoma, just because, because of they the have name, three, and they have three wins against top two. No, not even that. Just because well, they of the will name. have the time. Just because of the name. Here's the thing. That's if, why. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous, though. I well, here's the thing. If Utah wins, and, and, and listen, this that's why the SEC and championship game is the most important game this weekend. Yeah. Because that determined. Because if Georgia wins, we don't even have this conversation. It's no. overdone with Georgia. Yeah, I hate in. to say it, buddy, yeah. but if those Bulldogs, no, I know you're going to be the biggest no, LSU fan tomorrow. Now, yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, that's really the most important game this weekend. But I think if Utah wins, and I said this to you last night, I think for Utah to win and prove that, then they got to beat you Oregon by at least ten points. They got to beat them by at least double digits. Oh, you got to prove, and and I think they might. We'll see. 
because I think here's the thing. What's going to be the question about what people are going to say, because deserving and then resume are two different things. D deserving is, is Utah, without question or doubt. If you watch the game, Utah is yeah. an overall better team than Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. But does resume, you look at Oklahoma, they're going to have three wins against top 25 teams if they win against who Baylor. Is, who Utah, is, that doesn't listen, mean up, up until Utah. It's conference games, though. No, I know, they're but Utah, 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 you play Utah, your schedule. I know, but Utah is going to have no wins against top 25 competition. They're going to have up the until worst, tonight. They're going to have the worst resume going in. I now, mean, it, I know it's that's the. And it's, it's here's a the conference. thing. Now, here's the thing. Imagine if us three, us three are in the committee at 13. That's like you're saying Utah doesn't matter because of resident. Now, what if I say, listen, I like a team that's got maybe two losses, but they've beaten four teams in the top 20. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm, I'm not, not saying gonna, a two-loss team, but I'm that. using that as an example. Everyone's going to have, and that's what makes it so uh, interesting going forward. Mm -hmm. Because so, and we won't know. The games are going to play out. You know, I told you last night. I think all the favorites are going to win this weekend. In I every think no. I don't think. Game, I think. I mean. I think. I think Utah wins. I, I've been reading more about Utah, and I'm starting to feel your. I feel your yeah. agony. Listen, they're dynamic. Their they defense are. is great. They got six or seven guys that are going to be drafted in the NFL. They got the number one rushing t attack in Pac-10. Um, Pac-12. Excuse me. Now it's the Pac-12. They have the number one defense in the Pac-12. They lead the nation in rush defense. I think everybody's forgetting about. Uh, I think everybody's forgetting about no, Oregon. I mean, I mean, let's be realistic. Here's the thing: up Oregon until the Arizona State game, if Oregon wins out, they were getting into the champ. They're getting into the conference play. Uh, well, here's the other thing: playoff. they also did not look yeah. good in, in the. Um, in the Oregon Civil State. War. Yeah. Oregon State. No. Oregon. But I think they're going to come in tonight knowing that everybody, I think, is is all on Utah. Well, here's the thing. I and, mean, and this and is Herbert, still a good, Herbert. talented Oregon team. You oh, can't of say, course. And no. you, have yeah. Oregon, you have I have Justin Herbert number one overall. Which I think is, uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. The Cincinnati guy, I do not think Cincinnati is going to, I think Cincinnati will take, but that's a different story. <laughs> is Oregon, we can't take this team lightly. Everybody's like, oh, Utah's going to win and blow them out. Yeah, they might. But Oregon is a very talented team. They have a great offensive line, yes. and that's the yes, most that's important matchup is the battle in the trenches. Oh, yes. For all those yeah. people that don't think – remember, <laughs> the offensive line is not important. It's that yeah. offensive line <laughs> against that defensive passing rush. Pass well, rush and Russia, they, their D tackles is one of the best D tackles in the game in Utah. Leaky well, Fatu. Yeah, I wasn't even trying to pronounce <laughs> that. Oregon's got top linemen that are going to be drafted. No, they, this Listen. is going to be a slugfest, and that's why now, I'm Herber saying – Now, has great numbers against Utah. That's why I'm saying everybody that wants to just count out Oregon, like this is the best Pac-12 championship game breaks. in the let's last pump few the years. breaks yeah, and, and hope for a classic because oh I think you this will is, this is going to be a great game and I expect this to be a full 60 minute battle. I do not yeah. expect Utah to pull away in this game. I don't I know. That's no, that's understandable, I, but I expect Oregon to stay in this game because of the talent, the coaching, the scheme, and I just think. That Utah is going – I mean, right now, that's a toss-up. I think this is the second most important game of the weekend, only behind Absol the SEC. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yes. if the SEC – if it all changes. If Georgia wins tomorrow, forget about the Big 12 championship. Forget about yeah. the Pac-12 championship because the two teams are making it to the S to the college football Listen, playoff. This game, it's that this simple. This Pac-12 game has so many storylines in the sense that this also plays into what you were, what Trev said before about you having Herbert at number one pick. He's got to prove that he's also yes. worth it. Because in the last it couple of games, the he will show up at the combine. It doesn't. Well, I know, it but you want to see We've against good, no you want to see him against good competition. You're right. You know, what I mean? and if if he plays poorly in this game, because I wrote down last night, Herbert, the last two games, worst completion percentage is fifty seven point eight percent completion percentage. He has three touchdowns, two interceptions. He hasn't looked good in the last two games. Now, those are not good teams. If he has another poor game against Utah in this defense, it's it's not going to help. 
listen, he's got the bowl game, and he, like you said, you got the combine and everything else. And at the end of the day, listen, he's, he's six a five. Freak. He yeah, he's a freak. He's going to show up. He's going to be a top five. Let pick me, without let me ask you doubt. this: since you're a Utah fan, and there's been, to me, two massive games in in their history, and it's it's the Fiesta Bowl, the first BCS game when Alex Smith destroyed Pittsburgh, and then it was the one against TCU when they went undefeated and they ended up making to the Sugar Bowl against Alabama. Do you think this is the biggest game in Utah Utes history? Yeah. I mean, this, by this, far? Uh, I don't know by far. It, it's up there. Yeah. But, I mean. It might be the most it, meaningful, though. Yeah. That's I what mean, I'm saying. This, if you win this game, if you go on to the playoff, then those next games are going to be way more. Yeah. But uh, one thing with the – Justin Herbert has not faced a secondary like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Auburn secondary is nothing. It, they were just seven. Yeah, the fronts are really good. Yeah, and we, we're talking about the battle in the trenches. That that's going to be big. And uh, the thing with Utah is they remind me so much of Ohio State. Obviously, offensively they got that dynamic duo, mm-hmm. uh, like Ohio State does. But they let up a little bit in the first quarter. First quarter, first half, mm-hmm. they give up a little bit, and then just some switch flips, and then they crush them. The thing with Washington and USC, why those games were close with Utah, was because they have a, a stud to throw the ball to. A consistent Michael Pittman Jr. for yeah. USC. That, that dude's going. He might win the Belenikoff Award. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll <laughs> see. And then Hunter Bryant, the tight end for Washington, freak. They, they, they're solid. Oregon doesn't have that. They have the O-line. They have Justin Herbert. Not a lot of weapons, though, for Justin Herbert. He makes it happen himself. And you can't really do that when you got got, right now, three possible first-rounders in the secondary for Utah. So I think that's the determining factor Where here. would you rank them among complete teams in college football right now? Um, I think Ohio State is definitely number one. Mm-hmm. I, would put, I, would, I would put Clemson. I'd put Utah exactly where they are ranked right now. Five. Do you think they're the most? Do you think they're more complete than Listen, LSU? I th- are they more complete so than LSU in Georgia? No, no, I know that, but I think LSU's offense is so dynamic and so good that it, it can compensate for an average defense. When you're scoring fifty points a game, and it, it's not like there's scrubs on defense. You know, well, he just said complete. No, complete no, team. I'm not talking about rankings, Ted. I'm talking completeness. Uh, compl- the LSU Tigers are not complete. Yep. That's the why I'll have that's yeah, why I'll have Clemson and Ohio State over them. And Georgia's offense we know is lackluster. Their defense is great. I just here's my thing. Clemson, I, I at least you, Utah, Utah. I would put Utah at but three thing, for I, completeness. I, I put Utah in the same category as Georgia. I think they're like identical no. teams. They have very good quarterbacks. Yes. Yes. They're yes. not. Their offense is terrible, Georgia. So is Utah's. They can't pass. What? Hold well, on, no, they, hold no, on. They're, they're not terrible. Joe Burrow, first in the nation in completion percentage. Do you know who's second? Tyler yeah. Huntley. Yeah. They're not. No, listen, they can run <laughs> the ball. A, that's a terrible they, thing. No it's, no, it's not. Fifth in passer rating, they're, too, they're both, in the nation. They're both Tyler solid Huntley. in defense. But here's the thing. What he said before, Utah can run the ball. I said that. But they're not dynamic in the passing game. So you make yourself. He's second in the nation in completion percentage. Yeah, but yeah, he don't throw that much. Passer rating. You run through, he's got sixteen eight touchdowns. to one touchdown yeah. interception ratio. I don't. His offense is not dynamic. Their offense is not dynamic. They can run the football. I hope you're right about Utah because if they lose tonight, well, here's the thing. I'm coming uh, after you. I'm coming. I'm, co- I'm coming after you. 
TVs are going to get thrown around my room. <laughs> no, I don't, don't know break, what's Don't break any TVs. You know that Deshaun Jackson pun return? Oh, of course. Uh, I threw I? my TV across the really? room. Yes, I did. Oh, my God. Listen, this Utah team, though, I'm not saying they're off. I put them in the same category as Georgia. Georgia's offense passing game is not bad. It's just not great. You said complete team. I think if you would be able to shut down Utah's running game and make it a passing game, you can't do it. But I think, like, Ohio State, if you shut down the running, they could still throw the ball. You shut down Clemson's running, they could still throw the ball. LSU, you shut down their running game, they could still pass the ball. Georgia, you shut down the running game, they're in trouble. You shut down Utah's running game, they're not going to be able to throw the ball 40 times a game. You want to keep that between 20 to 30 passes a game. I know what he's trying Simpkins, to say. They're more, but they're more confident. They're more comfortable and confident when they're running, establishing the run game. I so that's why guys Zach screaming, you got to run the football yeah. to win games. Yeah, yes, and that's, what, the, that's yes. what they do. No, if, but that's what I'm trying to say. If they do, like, I understand where he's trying to come from, but I think he's wrong still. I do not think they're like Georgia. But if they, they're comfortable, they're, their backbone is running the football. If they can't be able to establish the run game, it's pro- they're probably not as confident and comfortable with throwing the ball and giving the ball to Tyler Hundley to throw the ball 50 times a game if they had I to. I say they don't want to get Trevor into Lawrence, a shootout. They you can do that with Trevor them. Lawrence. You can do that you with – You can't jo- get into a shootout with this defense. You can do that with Joe Burrow. because no, no, they don't you, give up points. You could do that with uh, Justin Fields. You could do that with those three guys. Jake Fromm, you can't do that. Tyler Hundley, I understand where he's coming from. I just don't think he's, they're in the same category. I think they're better than Georgia. I think they are a better team than Georgia. They're a more complete team. They're a more complete team than Georgia, and they're more complete team LSU. Do I think they'd beat LSU on the field? That could possibly happen if they make the college football playoff and LSU wins. I just it, it could happen. And the reason why I compare them because I think they, I look at the same thing. Got great coaching, both sides. Both have similar quarterbacks. Jake Fromm. The problem is Hundley is more athletic than Fromm. Yep. But they both have dynamic running games. Zach Moss and Swift. They both have great offensive lines. They both have great front sevens. They have both have great secondaries. They have both have great special teams. You look at they're one and two, both defenses and rush defenses. So they're built the same way. They want to run the ball. They want to smash you in the face. They want to put pressure on your defense, and they want to grind it out. They don't want to get into 40, 50-point games like LSU does, like Clemson does, like Oklahoma does. They don't want to play games like that. It's not their style. That's what I'm saying. Listen, this Utah team they're is by able to pull it out won, against Washington, though. They, listen, that was a, that they've was a good won, win. They've won eight straight since the USC loss. They've won by an average of twenty nine points a game in all those games. That USC Zach so, Moss got injured the first drive and too. You, yeah, and that hurt them. But they lost to a third string quarterback who gave up. What do you have? Four hundred and fifty something yards. But passing. they, yeah, I know. I mentioned Michael Pittman. The two beast. other receivers on the top fifty in the nation. Hey, that hey that uh, Oregon team. Destroyed USC at USC this year. What was it, fifty six to twenty four? All I know I is this game is yeah, going to be it's going to be fun, and it's going to be. I look at this in like a basketball sense. I just think what team is going to set the pace? Yeah. Utah. I mean USC. Utah wants to run the football, smash mouth, control the game, and play defense and get pressure. Herbert and Oregon they want to spread the field, score points, and keep this thing rolling. Yeah. Who fast pace? You want to go up tempo? Or you want to slow the game down? It should be. It's going to be a great game. This is going to be the best Pac-12 game I've probably will have seen in the last five years since they've they had, haven't had it. Since they haven't they had, had it for a since while. Since they've had it, because in yeah. early years, Oregon. This is Utah's cl- second game, second time in there. Yeah, they lost to Washington. Yep, last first year time. should have been a pass interference at the end of the game last year. <laughs> should have been. I mean, it comes, I mean, back. realistically, there's only three teams. If it all depends on what happens with the Georgia game tomorrow. But right now, there's realistically three teams that are fighting for the fourth coveted spot right now, and it's Oklahoma, Baylor, and Utah. 
I mean, you look at Oklahoma and Utah, they're literally similar. Both lost to eight and four teams this year. They're both yeah. – I mean, the average margin of victory this year is 23 from Utah and 16 from Oklahoma. You want me to – I have the thing up, the pitcher, too. Up on yeah, the, the strength of schedule strength as well. Strength of schedule, so Utah has And they 12. both Oklahoma have – Oklahoma 7th, eight, Baylor 8th, FPI 11th for Utah, 8th for Oklahoma, 15th for Baylor, and then strength – SOS. I mean, listen. Those at the are end all of the, subjective. That, like, that's why I laugh at some of those things. I just put them up for people to say they are subjective. Because, like I said, if Utah wins, and as long as it's not like – this is the only way I think Utah gets screwed is if – it's not the Georgia game. Hell with that. I'm saying LSU beats them, right? Yeah. If, if Utah wins, say, 27-24, and then you get where Oklahoma buries Baylor, say, like, 41-10, to which I don't think happens, but that's the only way I think Utah gets screwed. That's the only way I think it is. If Utah just takes care of business and wins like like he should, thinks they will and I think I, they yeah. will, then they should get in as long as LSU so does. Let me hear, what is your prediction? And give me just give me your quick preview of the game. I know. You, well, I, I want to just ask you this game specifically because you are a Utah fan. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I, I think it will – Oregon will come out swinging, mm-hmm. score maybe 10 points real quick. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't see that much. It, it comes down to every other time Utah struggled, it was that one receiver. Hunter Bryant, Washington. Mm-hmm. Michael Pittman Jr., USC. Mm-hmm. I don't think – I mean, and also they've, they've faced two other NFL quarterbacks this year in Eason and Steven Montez from Colorado. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I they can get it done with Herbert. They don't, they don't have that wide receiver that can – they don't work that secondary, and the secondary's really, really good and stepped up a lot this year. Utah, and then I, I don't think the the defense is. Everyone was praising the defense a little bit for Oregon, and then uh, just Arizona for, State just for, went wild yeah. on them. But the, they really aren't that good. Uh, ninth in the nation, I mean, uh, tenth in the nation in opponents points per game. Doesn't matter. Utah can score the football. Twenty fourth in total yards per game. Uh, still letting up 300. If you let up 300, 100 to Huntley and the other 200. Wait, see, this is, this is big Moss. for the Pac-12. So who? So what was your what's your score? I got Utah, 35-17. Nice. I, so I, so here, here's what I was saying before, and he was right. Tyrell Huntley, 75.5% completion percentage, 11 and, 11.1 per attempt, which is conference highs. Utah leads the conference, I said, in Russian. They give they have more INTs than they've given up touchdown passes this year, 12. 12 touchdown passes given up, 13 INTs. Herbert has not looked good. Um, you so know, I, I, I think Utah's going to win this game, too. I think 31-24 is a reasonable score. I think Herbert will get his numbers. But at the end of the day, Utah's the more complete and better team. They understand what the impact is on this game. And yeah. and, and here at and the whole, the Pac-12 understands what the importance of this is because they don't want to be left out again. They want to have a say. They well, know either way. Listen, they're gonna they get a, win the they're gonna get a team in the Rose Bowl, so it doesn't matter. They'll win yeah. if they win, they'll have a chance. At least if they win, they'll have a chance. You know, I think the Oregon Ducks are gonna win tonight. I really do. Who's I the better coach, Kyle Winningham? Or Kyle Winningham's been a I like I like Kyle Winningham. Consi- He's a big yeah. time such a coach consistent big coach for such a long time that I mean the battle of coaching is a toss up. I, w- I would give the edge to Winningham, but Crystal Ball has been has done a fine job since taking over as the job as the head coach. What was it? Willie Taggart was the head coach, and then yeah, Chris Willie Taggart was it? Yeah. God, for one year. But I'm gonna go. I mean, Oregon up until the Arizona State game, they were top five 
They look like they were poised to get into the college football playoff. I think they're still so talented. They got Herbert, and if you think he's the number one pick, then what makes you think that if he's going to struggle tonight, what are teams going to be like, oh, yeah, I want to draft him number one? Combine. I don't think the combine is going to just do it. Guys, I think you guys, have to have, so, I want to have the ba- look. I want I don't look at just the physique and, and yeah, the arm. That's it. It's everybody looks as everybody says. What QB would you take ahead of him? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, look, he's got two of the top three of the top wide receivers in the country. I'll Justin take, Herbert's got nothing. And you can argue Joe Burrow's a system quarterback. What was he doing last year before Joe Brady got there? They didn't run the ball. Hey, they, they ran the ball. That's a, that's the system. That was what they were doing. That's why LSU's offense was inept at times last year because all they did was run the football. They didn't give the opportunity. They haven't had a real quarterback in a long time. Finally get this chance, and look what they've been able to do now. All the, all, all the quarterbacks. If I had, to take, if I had, have the, if I had the number one take, I would take Joe Burrow. I mean, back in the day, Zach Mettenberger had Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, and where was he? He was in the fourth or fifth round. I, he has weapons. That's great. But so did Zach It's Mar- also the offense, though. That Zach is Mettenberger true. didn't have Joe Burrow. Uh, didn't have Joe Burrow. That is true. That plays a part. But I do like Joe Burrow more. than. And if Justin Herbert struggles tonight, I don't see a team saying, oh, I'm going to take a number one pick on it because in big games and – He's going to struggle. I don't want to see that. I need If I'm going to go with number one pick, I'm to, as a franchise quarterback, Justin Herbert has to be excellent tonight. As a Herbert He pick, could be excellent. I, I think Herbert drops to like 10 where like the Chargers or the but Carolina I, I'm sorry. Panthers are there. I do and have, that'd be a better fit for him than going to Zach Taylor. Jace, I love you. I don't think he dropped I love Miami. him, but I think I'm, I'm going to go with the upset tonight. I'm going to go with the Oregon Ducks. I'm, I, I, I may be wrong, but hey. I know that this team is talented enough. I know what Utah is. It's going to be a great game. Jace, I wish you nothing but the best, buddy. I got friends. Hit <laughs> me up. Let's go. Let's go watch this somewhere. I'm like, no, I can't. I can't. Yeah, can't be away. around people. I'm gonna be yeah, yelling, because you don't want other people. You want to watch the game. stuff you probably. I appreciate. So it, what's you want to give? Let's see what you got for the predictions for the rest of the yeah. Week. Let me just hear your games quick, and then I'll let you go. I know you're so, probably a busy man. So let me hear. Let me hear your Big Ten. Who do you got? Big Ten. Uh, Ohio State, forty-five twenty. Who do you got for the SC- Who do you got for the SEC? SEC, uh, he's got to have LSU. If you yeah, want to LSU, 28-13. Okay. Well, low scoring. Yeah. Big 12. Big 12, I got Baylor by a field goal, 31-28. Wow. Okay. And then the ACC. ACC, I think it's going to be close. I think Virginia will cover. They won't win, okay. 35-17. <laughs> okay. That's one of the best defenses that comes to his face all year. Well, they're going to see a great <laughs> offense. Not they're gonna see a, I mean, <laughs> and they haven't faced a mobile quarterback like Bryce Perkins. Come so this should be interesting. Well, I wish you nothing but the best, brother. All right, that was the me. host of Drawing About the G-Men and College Football Hard-Hitting Show Hard as well. I wish you nothing but the best tonight, buddy. All right. Thanks. Of course. Of course. I want to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to do the conference games as well. See what happens. See who I got. Chaos. Oh. Is chaos on the verge, or oh, time will tell. We are keys to the say. We'll be right back, folks. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. Thank you, Jace Garcia, for joining us to talk Utah Utes. I wanted to get the Utah fan in there and his massive game tonight. Yeah, it's- check him out. He's got Harding College Football Podcast. He's on our – listen, we're all as a team. We're on Clovercrest Media. So if you follow Keys to the City, check out Clovercrest Media Group. 
Uh, we have a bunch of great podcasts. If you're into wrestling, if you're into I mean, boxing. if you're into starting a podcast as well, you could come. Just give it a shot. Message our boy, Joe Aguirre. Message he's, the president, Joe he's Aguirre. The, he's the man. So if you want to, give him a shout out or check him out. Messenger, Clovercrest Media. If you want to start a podcast, you could check us out. But let's get into these games quickly, and then we'll get into talking with Joe about some baseball. I haven't talked baseball in a couple weeks. There's big news coming soon. Hopefully, so for the we, we talked about we talked. We about just the, did the Pac-12, so Pac-12 is all settled. We have our winners. I have Oregon. You and Jace both have Utah. Yes, sir. Let's get into the AAC. This is a rematch from last week's game, and Memphis home is going to be home again. I see the same result. They're fighting for a New Year Six bowl game. Do they beat Cincinnati? To me, like I just said, I see them winning. I see them taking care of business. They looked fantastic last week offensively. Cincinnati has a stout defense. That defense kept them in the game at times, but the offense prevailed late in the game for Memphis to make big plays down the stretch. And that's why I got the Memphis Bulldog or Memphis Tigers winning this game and possibly, possibly playing in a big six bowl game this year. Yeah, I think it's a repeat of last week. I'm gonna say, listen, I thought Memphis. I mean, what Me- gives me the what gives me the urge to say I'm gonna Cincinnati this week when I just saw it one week ago? What's gonna change my mind? Well, you might be better prepared. You you know what you know. It was ah. you gotta look. At You're it. not prepared for the first game. No, I, I'm not saying that. You're fighting but to get now, a chance now, to listen, get a home field. If they win I, last I, week, they're home. I know, but okay, they lost. But so now, now so they're now, on the road again. But now you know what to expect. They again. probably didn't even leave Memphis for the past yeah, two weeks. They've you, been in Memphis. But you kind of know what to expect now. Now I'm not picking Cincinnati. I still think Memphis is too explosive offensively. Yeah. Home field advantage is going to play a part. I'm just saying this game might be closer than last week. But you it never know. T- it could also be a, more of a blowout because now Memphis also knows what Cincinnati is going to do and how they're going to handle it. I think them. that hurts Cincinnati more than it hurts Memphis because of the factor that their defense, the, the Cincinnati defense is stout, but now Memphis has the X's and O's to p- prepare themselves to be in a position to be more successful than they were last week. I'm sticking with Memphis. There gives me no reason to not pick the Memphis Tigers this week and maybe give themselves a shot in winning the college football or New Year's Six Bowl, so we're both on Memphis. Yes, sir. No, I was. I'm just. I know you. Yeah, I know you're. You're zoning out. No, I'm not zoning out. I'm looking Pay at attention. The, I'm looking at the quarterback who for Cincinnati got hurt last week. I know you didn't know that. No, because I didn't watch the game. <laughs> Too busy doing other stuff. Crap. <laughs> worried about. So, I'm worried about Memphis at Cincinnati. It's a big game. It's a big game. I mean, it's a conference championship game. Uh, why? We're not talking Boise State in Hawaii. It's a big game. <laughs> Crap. FAU could, and St. Mary's, who cares? I told you all the favorites are going to win. Where's your respect? You sound like Paul Feinbaum. I don't care. You have no, you have no respect no for those respect. teams. No don't respect care. for those games? Don't, don't care. That's terrible. Don't care. That's terrible. Do you care about this game? Nope. The ACC? Don't care. You don't care about the ACC? Clemson's going to bury them. That's it. Yeah, plain simple. Yeah, this is uh, – I just wanted to get into this game quickly because – Clemson should take care of business. They're the most complete team other than Ohio State to me in the in, in the position that they are now. They're going to take care of Virginia. Virginia had a a lot of going last week. They beat Virginia Tech finally. 15, going on? After 15 after 15 minutes they finally beat Virginia Tech and that was a that was a barn burner. That was that was a slugfest. Who knows if they have any energy left. They're playing against the juggernaut of the ACC and Trevor Lawrence. Game led, over. Yeah. This game should be taken care of easily. It's going to be like the last couple ACCs. They're going to yeah. win by over 30 points. They've, what was the thing last night we heard? They've won the last, what, seven games by 35-plus points. 
at margin. Listen, this Clemson team is talented, they're more clicking. talented. And they're clicking on all cylinders. Dabo right said it earlier. No one wants to hear it, of course, but they, it feels disrespected. They've won 20. Should they? To be honest, should they? I think they should. It, anything that works for motivation is good, okay? They've won 27 straight games. They're the defending national championships. It's not their fault that the ACC is garbage. It's not their fault. They, like Jay said with the Pac-12, you can only play what's on your schedule. I know they make the schedules out for like 10,000 years. They're like, hey, Michigan and Alabama are going to play in 10 years. Good. Who, know, who knows what's going to happen in 10 who years? Who college football going to be alive in 10 years? I mean, really? Who gives a crap? We want to know now. And in a generation that wants to know now, those don't help. Listen, Clemson is more talented. They got superstars all over the field. They got they, – we thought the Heisman Trophy can't, was going to be the leading candidate and Trevor Lawrence. Travis Etienne is unbelievable, the running back. T. Higgins is going to be a top 15 pick wide receiver. They still got Venables. They still got Dabo. The final score is going to be 45-17. I said 42-17. Oh, I, I think it's going to be I didn't even listen to you. No, no, no. I, 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 just, I, think, I, I just think rivalry game last week, Clemson was, was spanked South, South Carolina, out of South Carolina. It was a – What was that? That's what it was. It was, was, a, it was a fart. A it was, that was it. It was a quick fart. <laughs> <laughs> Clemson came by, laid a fart, and walked out, okay? You're out, out of your mind. You're out of your mind for that Okay, one. who cares? <laughs> and, and you look at – like you said, oh, then we man. watched the game. We were here. We tuned in last Friday. You know, Unbelievable we came game. In Unbelievable. snuck right in. Okay, came right here. What a game. Virginia. Gave it everything they had to beat Virginia Tech. They had to have any. I I mean, they're going to try. They're going to put in good effort, but by 12 minutes left, it's going to be seven. 12 (laughs) minutes in the first quarter, it'll be seven nothing before they even know. It might be 14 nothing. Who knows? I mean, so we're both we're both on Clemson. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a joke. Clemson. Do you think this this game will be more lopsided than the Big Ten? No. Remember, Ohio State beat Wisconsin 38 to nothing. I think that'll be will be closer. Okay. Just because Wisconsin has a. I mean, if you want to get right into it. No, no, no. We're going to get to the Big 12. Oh, I forgot to change that up. Let's oh. go to the. <laughs> yeah, look at that. That's, That's a picture of Clemson to Virginia. If you haven't missed it. Let's go to the, the we'll Big 12. Tw- pictures left and the right. The Big 12. Now, like I just. We should have just had one picture. We just. A- ACC talk- champion, Clemson. Hell with the Virginia. Like, why are they showing just up? Just them holding the championship of Davo? Of this? Davo holding the team. What would be more shocking to you, though? Wisconsin beats Ohio State or Virginia beat Clemson? Here's the thing, and I'm glad we you brought this up because even if LSU or Clemson, Ohio State lose, can't all Cle- three you can't say Clemson. All three teams are still making it. I would bet you if Clemson lost, Oklahoma and Utah would both get in. I think that's not. I don't think so. I don't think that should be right. I think Clemson should be in. Dude, everyone. Oh, I know people. That would be the great. Uh, could you imagine though? No, I couldn't. I, I couldn't imagine. I, I can't imagine Clemson losing tomorrow. I don't want that then. I don't. I can't see Clemson losing. But more shocking to me, Clemson. I'll be more shocked if Virginia covers than I will. <laughs> Clemson. If Clemson loses to Virginia, it'd be one of the biggest upsets in recent memory. Ohio State's still playing a top twelve team in Wisconsin. Now, if Wisconsin beats them, okay, that's a bit of a surprise. But it's not. It won't be compared to if Virginia beats Clemson. I want to get into the Big Twelve, and this was the game that. We were just talking with Jace, and one of the big, the games that he'll be keeping an eye on, Baylor, to, Baylor, oh. Baylor and Oklahoma. Oh, I skipped that game. Baylor and Oklahoma. That's The winner of this, with the help of LSU winning and an Oregon win, maybe oh, getting oh, we to— don't, we don't have a picture of that one. Maybe getting, to the col- maybe getting to the college football playoff as well. So we already know the story. Baylor comes in. They were up 28-3 not too long ago, 
and then they had the infamous collapse. Right now, Jalen Hurts could be going to get a Heisman, could be in the running for a Heisman. Maxwell, he's been one of the best players in college football this year. Lincoln Riley, one of the great coaches again in college football. Baylor, you know the story. They're 11-1 right now. An unbelievable story. But can they finally get over the hump and dethrone the kings of the Big 12 who have won the previous Big 12 championships, the two games that they've had so far, and beating Texas, another Texas team. They've beaten three Texas teams. Could they do it? Can they go for the trifecta? Can they beat TCU? They already beat TCU. They already beat Texas. Can they beat Baylor? And what does Baylor have to do to win this game? Do what they did in the first half when they played Oklahoma where they dominated the – Everything. Defensively, offensively, they were able to run the ball. Mm-hmm. That's what the key is. Run the football against the Oklahoma team. Keep them off the field. I mean, there was, it was such a, a difference of game. I mean, it was 28-3. to I mean, you had it in the bag. You were home. Yeah. The Brewer, the quarterback, led the team in rushing with 65 yards rushing. You got to run the football. They have to be able to score, make stops. I just don't think they're going to be able to do it. Do you think ta- do you think Baylor you don't think they have enough to do it? You don't think they're talented enough or do you di- do you just not see the execution paying off? Because Oklahoma has looked very suspect for the past couple weeks. They look like they're on the verge of maybe some one of those games. Everybody thinks, I mean Baylor's <gasps> are kind of like under the radar right now that everybody thinks it's just Utah and Oklahoma fighting for that fourth college football playoff spot if o- if Georgia loses. But if Baylor wins, why can't we say that maybe they have a shot in making it? So who do you got? I got Oklahoma, bro, because they got the best player on the field, and that's Jalen Hurts. And what do you got? He's Mister Everything. He does everything. What do you got for a score? You know, I was just looking at this. You know, with the game last time, and you, Jalen Hurts, he had three turnovers, but he had four touchdown passes, and 114 yards rushing in that game. If he doesn't turn the ball over in this game, this is going to be a blowout. This should be a blowout. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I'm looking. So what do you got for a score? I'm looking at 37-24. And I and I for me that I consider that blowout. You get beat by ten or more points. That's a blowout. I'm sorry. Okay. I got the Oklahoma Sooners winning as well and winning their third straight college football or Big Twelve championship. I expect Baylor to make this a, a competitive game, but Oklahoma just has the talent, so more talent, the better coach as well. It all comes down to Jalen Hurts. That's like you said, Ted. It all comes down to Jalen Hurts. He's he's everything for them. Yes, he is everything. He's and if he could if he could do it, if he can continue to play the way he's been playing throughout this entire season, then Oklahoma should take care of business. I expect this to be a little high scoring game. I expect forty to thirty. Woo! But it's not a blowout. Woo! Not a blow. I got, no, get, I got no picture for that. That's fine. Let's I, get over to the Big 12. Uh, oh, no. The, let's get over to the Big 10. My Buckeyes taking on the Wisconsin Badgers. There we go. Yes, here we go. And we already know the story about this Ohio State team. They are a complete machine right now. They, they're averaging – their average game score is 50 to 12. They haven't – their only game has been the Penn State, and you know that. That was a blowout. I know it was 28 to 17, but for the majority of that game, Ohio State – Dominated. They've dominated every p- opponent that they have faced this year. Just ask Reggie Mich- Bush. Just ask Reggie Michigan. Bush said this is the best Ohio State. This could team. be if they the win. Best. If they win out, they have to win the whole. If thing. they win the whole thing, 
Ohio State, this Ohio State, depending how dominant they are from here on out. He said this they team just would compete against the team the team that he had at USC. Well, let's see. That's how good let's they see, are. Let's see. If Ohio State wins out, they would have beaten Penn State. They would have dominated Michigan. They would have de- beaten Wisconsin twice. Clemson or, Ohio, or LSU or Utah or Oklahoma. And then the national championship, you know. Hope, if they dominate any one of those teams and or dominate from here on out, how can you how, not say that this how, Ohio State team historically might be one of the how, greatest how teams? How about of this all one? Time. We're looking at this and we're not doing it tonight, we're gonna do it Tuesday. But the finalists for the college football. They have a guy, two guys up for the Heisman, and Justin Fields and Chase Young. They what have What about JK Dobbins? Is, he's not you, up for the Heisman. I'm just telling you, he's not even up for the Heisman. He's not even in the top five. I think that's ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. Yes, it is. No, it's not. But He's the best I'll, back let in America. Let me just finish what I was saying. Oh, they have two guys up for the Heisman. They have two guys up for the Maxwell if they really wanted to, even though it's only Chase Young. Mm-hmm. Okay? They have the best player in football on defense and who's going to win the Chuck McNair, best defensive player in the country. That's Chase Young. They have possibly a finalist who's going to win the Jim Thorpe Award for the best defensive back in the country. They have the, Jeffrey Okuda, they have the Davey O'Brien Award, who Justin, Justin Fields up for the best quarterback award. They have J.K. Dobbins, who's up for the best running back. Don't so you got a guy who's up for the Heisman Trophy Award, the Maxwell Award, the best defensive player, the best defensive player, um, I mean defensive back, the best running back. Listen, and their offensive line is no slouches, and they don't have slouches in receiver and their quarterback coach in Ryan Day. I mean, think about it. Think about a team that has – Guy up for the best quarterback, the best running back, the best defensive player, the best defensive back, and we, the yeah, Heisman Trophy. Yeah, we, we got that. We got that. I mean, that. it's we unbelievable know. the talent on this team. They are a machine. They are the best complete college football team. They are going to dominate again. They will cover the 16.5. It might be a 15.5, depending on what you have. Okay? They're going to win by 17-plus points. It's going to be 34-17. 17 points they cover. I expect this to be a blowout by halftime. I expect this to be... It wasn't a blowout at Ohio State the first game. So what would you, make well, you think? It wasn't? It wasn't. Do you, you remember a, what the score was? It was a close game up until the third quarter, and that's when Chase Young started was? taking over. Do you remember what the won. score was? It was like 17-14 or Final something. Final score? No, that was what the early score was. What was the final score? 38-7. It was, wasn't it 10-7 in the third quarter? It was, thir- it was 10-7 in the third quarter. It was. Yeah, I know. It was 10-7. It was 38-7 final. The final but score... But I'm saying, it was, fi- how can you say all of a sudden it's going to be a blowout? Because... Fi- this team is this is a <laughs> it's just a fact. They this, the, they this, the, this team is clicking everywhere you make on me laugh. special teams. Well, that's fine. No, right back at you. Special teams, coaching. I'm sorry, Wisconsin. Congratulations, you beat Minnesota. Your prize is going against the best team in college football right now, and I don't see them dropping in the standings as well. I know everybody says if LSU wins, they beat Georgia, they might take over number one. No. Ohio State will stay number one. They're the most complete team, most dominant team. I expect this to be the same exact result that it's been the past 12 weeks. And I expect Ohio State to win 41-10. to 10. Like I was right. It was, it was 10-7 until they yeah. Yeah. reeled off the 28 court, unanswered yeah. points. Yeah. But that's how fat – that's the thing. It could be 10-7. They're so good offensively that it could here, change. They're so talented like everywhere that they can change a game from 10-7 think, to make it a 38-7 game like this. Do you think Wisconsin's the second-best team in the Big Ten? No. Okay. No. I'm just asking. I think Penn State's the second-best team in the Big Ten. <laughs> Penn State, I would put. Then Wisconsin, then Michigan? How can you forget about Minnesota? How can you forget about the I'm Cougars? A, I'm a, I'm a, how can you forget about them? Listen. 
Ohio State leads the nation points per game, 49.9 points. Scoring margin, they win by an average of 38.1 yeah, points Yeah, 50 to 12. Average score of game this year has been 50 to 12. And I expect it to be like that again. Let's get over to the, you know what this the is. Grid. As they said, they kind of called this a quarterfinal college football playoff game. Two versus four. We know the stakes. We, knows what, we know what's going to happen. Georgia wins. Two SEC teams are going to the college football playoff. If LSU wins, LSU's going to the college football playoff, and Georgia's playoff dreams are dead. It's that simple. You have an inept offense in the Georgia Bulldogs with a dominant defense in the Georgia Bulldogs against the best maybe offense in college football to some, with, led by the Heisman favorite, I think. Absolutely. I think we're all on board that maybe it's, Joe it's, Bo- it's, his, it's his can. It's, it's his, his trophy to okay. lose. And we'll make our predictions for that next week because that is next week, the Heisman trophy. Really? That's uh, he would have to have – Awful. I mean, awful game, and then and Chase Young has like ten sacks. I don't even think maybe or Justin Fields has one of those games, or even Jalen Hurts has one of those like six touchdowns, like two, three passing, three rushing. That's the thing. It's Joe Burrow's to lose. Listen, this game is kind of old school versus new school. We were reading an article I sent you before. Remember, we're talking. What we think about the SEC, we think about running the football. Yep. Great defense. Smash mouth. You know, in your face. This LSU team has kind of turned into a Big Twelve type team. Spread it out, throw the ball over the no field. No defense. No defense. Fifty points a game. Heisman Trophy candidates. You mm-hmm. know, they have a dynamic receiver in Chase. They have a dynamic running back. They have a dynamic quarterback. Their offense is running wild. Their defense played much better against Texas A&M last week. Which weakness of each team plays better though? Well, I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. It's LSU's defense against that offense of Georgia, and they're both going to be on at the same time. So, which weakness of that team is going to perform? Well, Better for them to be in a, put in a better position for that team to be successful. Well, and tomorrow. here's the other thing: this is Jake Fromm's third consecutive SEC championship game. So he's, he's won, yeah. so he's been here. He knows what to expect. Georgia Bulldogs as a team know what to expect. He's won one, lost one, and now he's got. And the, here's the, the thing: this is Georgia, uh, you know, they have everything to play for. So I think even with an LSU loss, they'll still get into. The no, they, I think playoff. they will too. And they just and because so, based off of their schedule and the wins that they've had this year. They're well deserving, even with that loss, more deserving than to make the college football playoff. Georgia's coming in, though, with DeAndre Swift battling an injury right now. Two of their top receivers, Lawrence Gager, is out for the game. And the kid Pickens, George Pickens, that had the fight at Georgia Tech last week, well, that was throwing fists last week. Well, they also he's walked, got they also he's walked suspended the other for receiver, Lawrence Cager. I just he said got that. Oh, Cagers. Oh, he, apologize. It just, he's out for the game, but George Pickens is the one that got into the fight last yep. week against Georgia Tech. He's out for the first half. So what is jo- Jake Fromm? You want to have a petition for Jake Fromm to show yourself that you're worthy enough to be drafted in the NFL high this year? Well, guess what? Go play against LSU with, my, with some of your main weapons out and perform well, and then guess what? It comes down like... I said this at the beginning of the year about Georgia. For them to get to the college, everybody had them in the beginning of the year, number three, come into the pre-rankings this year. They were number three behind behind Ohio, Alabama, and Clemson. And what did I say, Ted? I said for Georgia to be great this year and for them to get into that competition. Jake Fromm had to play up to – 
to where we That's thought Tre- no, we weren't thinking Justin Fields yet because we didn't know. No, it was Trevor it Lawrence was, or two. He had to play up to the elite level of the Justin Herberts, the guys that we. Nah, really, I wouldn't. No, even, but I know. I but would the say guys Trevor that we Lawrence, thought, The guys that we thought were going to be top picks. Okay? No, I would say Trevor and Tua. Those were the two guys. Well, if yes. you wanted to be in that upper that echelon, certain tier of great college quarterbacks to win a championship. He had to be in this Georgia team. They had to have Jake Fromm be great. And he has had he hasn't. And that's why Georgia's offense well, is the way they are right now. The one game because that they lost, he played his worst game. He threw three picks in the South Carolina game. He hasn't thrown a pick. He doesn't throw a lot of game. yards. He doesn't throw picks, but it's But he's been big he, in the big games. He was big against Auburn and he was yep. big against Florida and he made clutch throws when he needed to. He said he might not have the numbers of Joe Burrow, but he's been pretty clutch for the Georgia Bulldogs three years in a row. And he needs to be – if they want to win this game with the injuries, with the suspension, he needs to be great. He needs to be Joe Burrow. Well, he needs that to be and Kirby Smart has to, has yes. to be dynamic as a coach. Yes. He's got to make all the right calls. The defense – I cannot wait to see the matchup of Joe Burrow in this offense against that defense, that stout defense, one of the best in the country – those are the matchups, but like I said, the key matchup comes down to which weakness of the Georgia Bulldogs and the LSU Tigers, which weakness will be better than what they have coming to this game. I have the LSU Tigers winning this game. So do I. I expect this to be closer than people think, though. So do I. I don't think people are giving Georgia a chance because they look at their Here's offense the thing. and they I think, think this ah. game is going to be close for mo- majority of the f- four quarters. I just think at the end of the day, Georgia's inability to consistently get first downs and be able to move the clock and put the pressure on the defense is going to hurt them. And we've seen this. You could bend and bend and bend and hold together, and it might be 17-10 going into the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. But your ability not to be able to give your defense a rush and be able to – it's going to wear on you. And LSU's offense is dynamic. I think LSU covers the seven. I think they win 31-21. Just because it's going to – from the Georgia, unless they can somehow pull a miracle offensively, they got to keep this game in the twenties for them to win. And I'm going to see it hard to be, be hard to see them do that. You know, it's you see these things. Oh, the team's got a good defense. They do, but eventually it breaks. It's just because your inability to maintain time of possession, mm-hmm. your defense is getting worn out, three and out, come back out. You got to hold the defense. Okay, you hold them. Eventually, it's just going to hurt you. Their secondary is not elite, Georgia. Their front seven is great. They can stop the run, make Joe, Joe Burrow in this offense a one, well, you know, one, one man record crew yep. and dimensional. But we've seen that it's okay. Joe Burrow can do it. He can do it. They got. They got so two. do you have LSU winning? Yes, I told you by ten points, thirty-one twenty-one. I expect this to be like a twenty-four seventeen game. Low scoring. Yes, I know this offense has been great for LSU, but the Georgia defense is just as good. Like I said, I'm picking all the favorites. I was picking all the favorites all conference championship. I think that's how it's going to go. I think I and think every g- favorite has a little bit more than the other team. I think LSU has a little bit more. I think Oklahoma, so that's, Baylor. So then Memphis. that just adds the, that's going to add the chaos. Exactly. That's what I want to see. See, they're going to come down in your case then, Oklahoma and Utah. Yes, sir. Okay. And who has a more time will tell. One? We'll be we'll be talking about it. It'll be uh, the college football playoff rankings will be official, and we'll have our matchups. Come Sunday of the top four. 
We'll see what happens. Good luck to all those teams. Like I said, good luck to Jace Garcia. Thank you for joining us, big guy, as well. Good luck tonight with the Utah Utes against Oregon. Should be a classic. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we'll be joined by the Joseph Aguirre to talk New York Yankee baseball. It could be happening, Yankee fans. We may be going all in. Garrett Gold could be the next New York Yankee. We'll talk all about that with Joe. Keys to the city. We'll be right back, folks. <laughs> sports we've got sports here on keys to the city brought to you by all noise radio here's your host trevor and ted and ladies and gentlemen we are back clover chris media presents keys to the city if you didn't get to check out the first two parts of our show you can check us out on soon as well thank you thank you for joining us of the shares we appreciate it guys thank you continued support Let's get into some New York Yankee baseball. We haven't talked baseball because it's been pretty slow up until last night. And we'll be joined with Joe. I know he's a busy man. He's, he's somewhere. He's coming. He, and, and there he is. Look at that. There he is. We've been waiting. The people are waiting. He's here. I don't want to let him down. He's here. He is here. Joe, it's been a while since we've had you. And now we're finally talking some New York Yankee baseball. I know it feels good. We're in December. The winter meetings are upon us. And the big news I sent you last night, the Yankees, record deal. It's happening. They're all in on Garrett Cole. If we're Yankees Trev, fans. Trev, insider with Trev Keys here from uh, ESPN. Uh, Trev, uh, what's the Yankees deal going to be? Record <laughs> deal. And now when I hear record deal, I automatically think it's going 300. Yeah. I think it's going 300. And if you're a Yankee fan, how are you feeling about this right now? Are you still like... You're nervous or you're like feeling really confident that Garrett Cole will be in the pinstripes next year? This idea that the Yankees aren't doing it the old George Steinbrenner way where they're not going out and getting every single guy, that's, that's not practical. It just isn't. You can complain all you want about Patrick Corbin last year, and, and, and but he wasn't worth the money. And he's and not he, Garrett Cole. He's not Jeff Garrett Passan Cole. Jeff Passan from ESPN said this might be the best free agent pitcher ever to become a free agent available for teams to bid on. My God. In a walk year, Garrett Cole did everything you want to do in your walk year to earn a big contract. And he's he right did. at the perfect age where he can get all the numbers he wants in the sense of years and money. There's only three teams that I really see going after him, and it's two on the L.A. side against the Yankees. I don't see anybody else bidding for him that are going to so, that are going to want his what, what he wants for expectations. Sure, his expectations are winning, and so to me that eliminates the Angels completely yeah, because adding Garrett Cole to a terrible team still makes them a terrible team with a good pitcher, sort of like the Mets. Yes, so let's not get <laughs> into it. There, yeah. you always got to get. They your just Mets. got Jake Marisnik. Oh, well, uh, sign them up for the championship then. And, See you in the World Series, and the, Met fans. And the Wilpons, uh, they're selling. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yes. The Wilpons are morons, and they should just get out of baseball. Don't even watch it. Just no. get away from the game. They're not watching it anymore. Don't. So, yeah, no, they're clearly not. Listen, I think the biggest thing is going to be, you know, just listen to what we were listening to before, Trev, on the phone. Is I think it's going to come down to the years. 
Because I think the Yankees are going to go, I, first, I don't think it's $300 million. I think the Yankees, they're not going to say an open blank check, but I think it's going to be all right. Go get your number. Okay, so Joe's going to give you a number from the Dodgers. You're going to give me the number from, then they're going to say, all right, well, we're going to beat the number, but we're not giving you the years. We're not giving you eight years. We'll give you six. We're not giving you eight. We'll give you eight. We'll give you six for 270, 275. Oh, but I'd give him eight. I think that's I too long. I think that's too long. It probably is. But you, so I would bet the Angels would give him 10 well, if the Yankees were willing to go eight. I mean, because but they really need that guy more than anybody so else. Go, so so, pay, I don't, listen, I don't, so you're going to take the 10 years? I mean, really, that's what – do you want to win? Go take the 10 years and $300 million from the Angels. I don't think – if it goes 10 and, like, say, 300, which I think – I don't think that's why. Because I think there's two things he wants to do. I think, first of all, he wants to break the total salary. But then he wants to break Jake um, or Zach Granke's – Average, which is around thirty-five million dollars. So you got to start there. You got to go thirty-five million. That's why I say six years on like two seventy-five. You're going to beat the, you'll beat the years and you beat the money. So with that, and you're going to potentially be on a World Series champion team for the next six years. So remember yes. when we talked about a couple of weeks ago when you wanted to talk about how how Steinbrenner, how we felt about the pitching staff. Yes. I think we know now how he feels about the pitching staff, knowing that he, they gave approval. The upper bosses have given approval to go all in on Garrett Cole. I think we I think we got our answer with that. He was severely misquoted as saying that it wasn't the fault of the pitching in the postseason that for all the adversity the pitching faced, not having their ace all year, and that the pitching was good. And here's the thing: they are. Even if they don't add Garrett Cole, the Yankees still have a pretty good pitching they staff. Won hundred plus games. That two years in a row, and 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 it's with bad pitching, right? Right, because the pitching is so horrible. So, you know, do you want Cole and Strasburg? Of course you do. Is this MLB 2020 or is this real life? You know what I mean? Because in MLB 2020, yeah, and then you're probably going to get Degrom in a trade for Luke Voigt, which is cool. Yeah, because you can <laughs> you can turn off the computer. You could do that. You could force your trades. And, I, and, remember, and, I did that one time with the Yankees. I had everyone. Yeah, of course you did. And, and in video games, that's fun. In real life, it's not practical. We talked earlier this morning, you guys, about, you know, Glaber and Gary and Aaron. And there's a lot of guys, you know, uh, Miguel Andujar, if, if he ends up staying, all these guys are going to have to be extended out and paid at some, at some point. So I told you from the get-go, I was certain the Yankees were going all in on Cole because for the first time in a few years, a marquee guy without an injury history – Coming off a huge season. Well, a guy they also had experience with when they drafted him number one yes, overall sir. at high school, and then he went back to college. So it's not like the Yankees are not familiar with the guy that they're going after. And they almost tried to trade for him before when he was at Pittsburgh. This guy makes too much sense for the Yankees to not go all in on him. And, and this, of course, doesn't preclude them from going after Strasburg if they're able to get Cole. I think it's, I think it's Cole and... I don't see them really going because, uh, yeah, they have the meeting with Strasburg. See, I think the Strasburg think thing the, comes to Washington or San Diego Padres. I think the, I, I, uh, does he go home the and goes to hometown and makes a deal with the Padres? Never. The Strasburg talk, or, or does he? Or does he go to back to Washington? The Strasburg talk with the Yankees have been really quiet. I feel like it's it's cold or nothing. I think the Yankees are just doing their due diligence because they have to. Because here's the other no, thing. No, of course. I also think it's a play. You got to look at it this way. They're both Scott Boris's clients, right? So yes. you give him the due diligence. Scott Boris has been with the Yankees. He knows how to deal with this. It's a Rod. Thing and all the other guys. So there's a familiarity with this guy. 
That's why it's like if they kind of disrespected Strasburg, you could see Boris kind of playing hardball. So you give him the thing. Plus, Boris understands you want to keep the richest team in baseball involved in all your contract talks yep. because that drives the market up. And I know we'll talk about it in a couple minutes, but he's got to look at what the Zach Wheeler did and go, that guy just got five years, $100 million. My guy's definitely getting over two. That's what I'm saying. Two, Garrett Cole, the 250. I could see them easily. I could see one of those teams. I don't know who it will be. Three hundred million is not out of the question. I think that's a little too high, but I. I but it's not out of the. It might. No. Yeah, it's crazy talk. It's not but coming they, down no, but to dollars or years. It's going to come down to more than that. And there's no preference to being in in California. So you know, again, all things considered, everybody's in. And if, if this ultimately comes down to dollars or years, the Yankees can do either. This team's got a payroll right now. They ended last year. The payroll was at 206. The threshold's 208. They're going over it. They're going over it just because Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez are due raises this year from 680,000 to 6 million and 5.6 respectively. So you're going over the it's a matter of how far over the threshold the Yankees are willing to go. Well, and if it if it's coal, I don't think that and, there's going to be a really, limit. And it's only really a year because they have to understand. I'm looking at it right now. You got to understand. Next year, you're going to have Jay Happ coming off the contract. I think year. Jay Happ gets moved, moved if they grab Cole. So, I think he he's a dumb. So he goes. You lost CC. Hopefully, you get the Ellsbury money off the co- the thing. We'll see how that all pans out. Mm-hmm. Next year, you'll have Tanaka. So going forward, you're going to have Cole and Severino for the next five to six years, two young guns going forward. Not a bad thing. With Paxson for another two years, and we'll see what happens with other. You got Debbie Garcia. You got Montgomery. It's not like the bullpen is all old guys. They're, they're all relatively good for another four years. So you got a team set up for the future with the young guns and hitting brightly. But, so does, I, that, but does that, like when you talk about – Here's the thing. When I, you talk about signing Yankees Cole, are sick does, of losing. Does that mean they still can – you think they'll be able to get – and we talked about this earlier this morning – Didi and Batanz, do you think they still are able to find a way to get both of them back? To me, but with, a Cole, I, with a Cole signing. With a Cole signing, I think Batanz's makes more sense. One-year deal, type of $15 million a year. Mm. I'm t- yes. It's, it's I don't a, know if he's going to – that's what I'm saying. I don't know if he'll – He understands he's got nowhere to go. Okay. No, and, and his best bet is to come back for the Yankees, win, prove himself, take the one-year deal, and then skip town and go make your money somewhere else. If Tampa or someone else is willing to give him two years, $20 million, yeah. Why wouldn't he jump ship? Well, probably. Again, you mentioned this too with Cole. I mean, the Yankees know Batanz is better than, than anybody. And if the Yankees feel like the rehab and the surgery and everything was fine last year, again, they're in better position than anybody else to know what they've got with this guy. I think he's a no-brainer to bring back. Uh, you know, I guess my concern would be, you know, we, we've talked about this before, but a couple years ago they had the, the nasty salary arbitration where the Yankees mm-hmm. went into a meeting and basically said he wasn't good enough yep. to be a closer and, you know, that he had a kind of a role that he – a box that he lived in, and he didn't take kindly to that. Yeah. So you got to wonder, you know, is are things cleared up between the two sides where he would be willing to come back on a one-year deal? Also, I, I don't see why you wouldn't give Batances a two-year deal. It's not like this was a like a shoulder injury. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like he got Tommy John surgery. He's gonna be fine. This whole again, this whole thing. I, I read the other day somebody was saying we don't know what Severino's gonna be like next season. You don't? Are you, you a moron? Did you not watch the playoffs? Right. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad for a guy that missed seven months. He looked fantastic. But again, you wouldn't say that, well, we'll see what Kershaw has when he comes back. We'll see what Chris – I mean, give me a break. That Again, this this kind of talk only 
is only geared towards Yankees. I don't know. I mean, the Yankees need to do first baseman. Luke Boyd, I, I don't know, going forward. You, he had a core muscle problem. Couldn't hit. Again, for Giancarlo Stanton sat out with everybody's bum. Voight and Judge played through it, and you're like, losers? These guys suck. And it's like, they all had the same injury. The guys that played through it, you criticized. The guys who didn't, you criticized. You just can't win in New York, and it's unfortunate. No, I agree. I mean, Luke Voight's the real deal at first base. This idea that you're going to move Glaber over, and and I've seen scenarios where – Everybody shifts over, and LeMahieu ends up at first base, and I'm like, what about Luke Voigt? What about Mike Ford? Everybody wanted Mike Ford to, like, start uh, in, in, the, in the ALCS because he was so good for three weeks. No, I know, and, and, and here's the other thing. They're going to also use Andujar maybe at first base and possibly outfield. Now, listen, I'm watching the hot stove last night, Yankees. That's the things are – Gio's going to go in as the starting third baseman. That's what they were saying. I'm watching the hot stove. That's what he said. Gio will be the starting third baseman. What Glaber Torres proved last year with Didi being out is that he could be an everyday shortstop. And then DJ could be your everyday second baseman where he's normally comfortable at. And if you need to make an adjustment late in the game and you want to take Void out, it's not a problem. You need to move DJ over to first. You do Glaber. You, and you make and then you put your pieces where you need to be. But we've seen with this team, it's good to have the flexibility. We dealt with the worst-case scenarios this year, injuries. And guys were able to stuff up and prove themselves. Gardner proved that what a veteran leader he could prove in the outfield when we had no one, okay? When you had Hicks and Judge and Stanton and all them out. It showed. We lost possibly the rookie of the year, and we picked up this guy, Gio Urcella, for, for pennies. And he proved he was an all-star type third baseman. Glaber proved that he could play short and second. DJ proved that he's an everywhere. everywhere Utility leader. guy like we thought he was going to be. Luke Voigt, actually giving him the starting position and let him play for a full season. I mean, season. that's another, that's another quick, thing we know, have. Uh, uh, for no, as no. long as they were obsessed with Ben Zobrist and the idea the, the Cashman wanted that guy for years, the, the super utility oh, player Tampa. who could hit for, for power and for average and, and didn't even realize when he signed LeMahieu that he was going to finally get what he always thought Ben Zobrist. But a better player. The guy, yeah, the guy he never ended up getting, you signed a guy who was a lot better and, and is literally a well, super if you wanna utility t- if player. If you want to talk about another contract that you might have to talk about, that's DJ LeMahieu because he is coming up on only – he's got one more year. Don't worry about it then. I know, but it is coming up. I mean, he's, I mean how long are we going to try to keep – I would love to keep him for – Let's see what type of year he has. Term. Yes. I, I don't think the Yankees are going to extend DJ LeMahieu – Really? Before next season's no, over. No I, I, I don't. Because I really don't. It's going to be like a football thing. Another prove. you got to prove it. The reason Here's my thing with the whole Cole thing and the reason why they're doing it. Because I was listening to MLB Network is because they still have uncertainties about this pitch. Imagine, and we just talked about it. Imagine having Cole, Seb, or Paxton as your one-two, and then Severino, and then Tanaka. I, I'm in love with that. The, yeah, for the, I mean, I think every year. And, he, and here's the thing. That's, talk about that's a pitching staff. <laughs> you're going to start crying. You're like, season. God almighty. Listen, that could happen. I, said, I want. Yeah, I said that's the same thing hoping. about the Red Sox thing. And then they faced injuries. So injuries happen. So you know you need depth in the pitching staff. And you know one of your guys will probably go down for a few months. So having, you know. Say, They're not waiting anymore. They're not going to play this. Stamp pack. They're gonna back away. Well, from they everything. also and I they think, have their offer and then back. No, they're going all in. They're and I full, also think full fledged attack on Garrett Cole. Shades, and I also think to the point of this is they also understand is eventually you're gonna have to start paying these younger guys. 
So, you know, this whole, like, we can stay under the threshold and get away with it, get away with it. Well, okay, it's been three or four years. We were, we're right there. We need, the, we need something to put the cherry on the top. And Garrett Cole's the cherry on the top. And putting him right now, right now on this Yankee team gives them a more for, uh, formidable favorite going forward over anybody else. Because, like, okay, the Yankees were not the favorite this year, even though Vegas probably did have them. I would have said the Red Sox and the Astros. Better pitching staffs, better complete lineups, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. The Yankees weren't there yet. You put Garrett Cole down, you're like, all right, our lineup is just as good as anyone else's, if not better. You put Garrett Cole And now our pitching staff can match because it wasn't the bullpen. Ted, you was put the Yankees, you put Garrett Cole on the Yankees. The Yankees are the odds on favorite next year by That's far. That's what I'm saying. By far. And it would, it would be the same with the Dodgers as well. The Dodgers would be the same thing. If the Dodgers got Garrett Cole, they would be the odds on favorite yeah. going and in the, the next year. And the Angels go from 72 wins the, to 88. If the, yeah, <laughs> if the Angels get Garrett Cole, what would they be? Wild card. They would be still a second or third team in their division. Yes. Uh, I just got to address a Steve Risser comment, if you don't mind. The Yankees haven't been to the World Series because they haven't had an ace. Is not true. Because in 2010 and 11 and 12... They did have an ace. His name was C.C. Sabathia, and he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yep. So, so stop saying that. Severino was an ace two years ago and the year before that. So the, the Yankees have had an ace. Stop this nonsense that you need an ace. Because I see aces all over baseball. Some of the best ones, like Clayton Kershaw. The Mets yeah, have like How many World Series he have? Freeland. The Mets have sure, two. the Mets have two aces. How's that working out? Yeah, how's that, that Rocky is, guy doing? It is, that is such a, it is, that is such a <laughs> ridiculous notion that you need an ace to win a World Series because look what the aces did this year. Other than Strasburg, which of the aces was just lights out in the postseason? I'll wait. Cole up until maybe the World Series. Up until he, the World uh, Series. Where he, got, he didn't look great he against look, the Yankees no, in he, the ALCS. He didn't pitch well in the World Series. Neither did Verlander. Verlander's never pitched Scherzer, well in the World Scherzer, Series. Scherzer, ever. Scherzer, Scherzer was, Scherzer Scherzer was good. good. But he's had his moments in yes. playoffs. Scherzer yes. hasn't had his moments. DeGrom's never in the playoffs, so. <laughs> well, so we'll never we know. Can, we can never yeah. know about him. I mean, the Phillies. Kershaw, we know. But we know what Kershaw is. I mean, he right now. Listen, he's the terrible Phillies, in the postseason. The, yes. the Phillies had Aaron Noah and, um, and the one that Jake got. Aretta. Jake Aretta. And how'd that work Arietta, out? Right. Was, this idea that you need, like, the best pitcher in one of the top five, it is. It helps. It, it helps. Sure, it oh, wouldn't hurt you. But again, helps. every time Justin Verlander, arguably the best pitcher in baseball. How's his record? Every in the World time Series? he gets to the World Series, he's he loses. He's 0 and 6. So as stop a World saying Series that. Pitcher. That's a ridiculous notion. There is no recipe for winning a World Series. Because if there were, everybody would follow it. Yeah, I, I'm just – well, you're saying that, and I got the, like, the ponder look. I'm trying to think of the early Yankees teams and who the, really their race was. Like in 96, who was really their race? And they had Jimmy Key. And I'm trying to think of some Andy Pettit. Sure, it was, was a bunch ever, of twos and threes. What, did they really have a start? When they went against Smoltz, Glavin, and what uh, was di- Then what was different about from that to – you say a lot of twos and threes. That's what the Yankees currently have right now. What was so different? Clutch so, look, the, the 96 – it, it comes down to the clutch 96, hitting? 96, 98, 99, 2000, those teams were, were, were full of – Twos and threes. You could argue Clemens was an ace, but I but would argue against. The... It comes down to clutch hitting. Yeah. Just think about those teams. You, you, you're a little bit older. You like me, Teddy. Maybe Trev didn't quite get to enjoy it no, as much. No, you didn't really get to enjoy it. Because no, you were a boy. I, I, I was not a man yet. <laughs> Bernie, Tino, Brocious, Jeter, 
anytime you needed a hit, Paul Neal. Oh, they it were was huge. like DJ LeMahieu this season. It happened. I mean, it was, Charlie it was Hayes, stunning. Little Chili Hayes. Davis, Daryl Strawberry come in, Luis Polanyo, freaking Benitez in the 2000s. You'd fight off, fight off, fight off, fight off down the line. Finally, he scrapped one for a base Shane hit. Shane Spencer. Mario Duncan. Remember there Shane you go. Spencer? Mario Duncan. Shane Mario Spencer. Mario Duncan Rick, was fantastic. second base. Ricky Wooday. Yeah, let me give you. Let me give you. So, 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 Mariano Duncan was a switch hitter who was terrible hitting left-handed. The Yankees signed him. They were like, you're only going to hit right-handed. And he hit 340. And he played like an awkward second base. Yeah, he was so weird. But they won the World Series. And he coined the phrase, we win today, we play today, and that's it. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was amazing. I love it. I love it. And the offseason happened. The people were like, I don't know. Is he that good? They got Chuck Knobloch, I think. He right hit, after that. They went out and got Chuck Knobloch. Because they weren't convinced that Mariano Duncan was good enough. Coming off one outstanding season where he hit 340 and coined a great catchphrase, it wasn't enough, and the Yankees were got to get a little bit better. Got to get a little bit better. Let's go get Knobloch. And how did that turn out? Sometimes having superstars at all nine positions, again, while on the video games, it's dope. In real life, it doesn't work out the way you want it to. You need a certain type of team. Yeah, so you your payroll can't be Two hundred ninety million dollars. So it I'm trying, can't be. So what I'm hearing is is that the Yankees don't need Cole to win a World no, Series. No, Cole or, they need. Okay, okay. I'm just I wanted to clarify. I just wanted at, to look, clarify. If you that look at all. where this team was, would 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 Cole have been the difference maker this year? Yes, of course. As how could, great as how this you, team how was, can you yes. not even how can you even think about it? yes without question he would have been the difference maker because you already know you got the bullpen but it does come here, back here, to the clutch but here's my the thing I'm, I'm and we say, just talked I, about I, it hold the on one second no in the no, no, because I'm gonna use Joe's thing don't throw stuff at me boy toss it toss it I'm gonna use <laughs> strike, I'm gonna use strike Joe, one I'm gonna use Joe's thing <laughs> we all pitched the Astros remember Joe yes. was telling us but we didn't have the timely hitting so was Cole gonna get the timely hitting when we needed him. I they, said, were they going to get the hits? When they I, I just <laughs> wonder if, say, Cole was a starter in that series for the Yankees. That's one of those, you know, maybe that was the game. Uh, what was the bad game? Game three? No, was the that game the, we went to. Three or four. What when, was the bad when, one? Yankee, Yankee, Yankee Stadium? Yeah, yeah. It was the game we went to. It was game four. four. Yeah, so, game so what if Cole was on the Yankees and he had pitched game four? Yep. It would have been a, you know what I'm saying? That's no, all I'm just, saying. I, that, that, disadvantage that from them, advantage. No, but us. I also it would have it would have certainly helped and alleviated some of the poor clutch hitting. I do think the Yankees, though, I, I think it would be in their best interest to if you're going to add somebody new to this lineup. I think you're going to get a high on base percentage, low strikeout guy. Mm-hmm. I think you need to if you, you have add, enough power. You have enough power. There's power for for days and weeks. And also, I'm just going to put this out there one more time. Giancarlo Stanton is not even th- – is he 30? He just turned 30? Yeah. I'll look it up. He's an athletic person. He played 158 games a season ago. I know he only played 19 this year. Mm-hmm. They were 5-0 in the postseason with him, 0-4 without him. He's a great player. He can play the outfield. He can play left field – Every single day. I don't know who, why, who, who convinced themselves that he's a DH. Yeah, he just turned 30 this year. He, he just turned 30. He's an, just like Aaron Judge, I know they're monsters and it's confusing, but they're great athletes. Those two can man left and right field for the Yankees for the majority of next season, assuming both can stay healthy. Then you bring in Gardner to come in and you got Hicks. And then if you need, you also got Frazier and... And we'll see Don't forget I- about the greatest player of all time, 
Mike Talkman. I, know, I remember my buddy Paulie Standish came into our work office and goes, the Yankees are done. And we go, why? What's the matter? He goes, oh, Talkman's hurt. <laughs> I go, can you imagine Can you imagine people going like this and going, like three, like a month before that, going, wow, the Yankees lost Mike Talkman. That's going to be a big loss. And now it's like, it kind of was because he was, he was really just fine in a groove. Yeah. But imagine saying as a Yankee fan going, man, the Yankees are done. And we're like, why? He's like, Mike Talkman's hurt. He's out for the season. We looked at him like, Really? Imagine saying that as a, an intelligent human being. You wouldn't. You just wouldn't say that. <laughs> Paulie, I Sorry, Paulie. Well, no, but it, that's we, just... Pork chop. We talked about this. And my, my buddy Bill was like, really? That's where you come into work and you start with that crap? So, so he's the one hitting and pitching and everything else? He's the one 100 games? Like I said during the, the, when we talked about the clutch hitting, what did Cole made a difference? Their cl- most clutch hit, their one clutch hit in the ALCS was the home run with DJ. That yeah. was it. That was a quick question. If Zach Wheeler got the $118 million that he just got from the Phillies, what do you think, Cole and Strasburg, what does that mean for those two? It means good things. Yeah, but what does that mean? If they're getting that, how much money are they exceeding? How much are they going to? Are we going to see two pitchers close to $300 million this year? I don't think it's going to get that high. I think you're on point with about the two fifty. You know, I don't think a desperate team like the Angels are going to just be like, no, I don't think it's going to matter. Because I don't think they're going to have pool holes. It's not going to matter. They're going to have pools for three hundred million, Ted, trout I'm, for four hundred million. That's not me thinking. I'm just saying that this is a desperate team. That oh, we got Joe Madden. We need to help Trout try to win a ch- get into the playoffs. Do, one pitcher isn't going to make a difference. What I they should have done. Well, they just got Dylan Bundy. Wait, what if the Tigers offered him twelve years, five hundred million? Do you think he's going to Detroit? No, he wants to win. Well, right, so there you go. So, so the Angels, the Angels are in a tough spot, and they can offer him a ton of money and a ton of years. I, I think at the end of the day, he's like, but what else are you going to do? Here's the other thing. The taxes in California are worse than Texas. And so, by the way, somebody noted, that, that is true. Somebody noted that uh, the Dylan Bundy trade was the Angels' way of showing Garrett Cole, we're serious. We got a 7-14 and 14 pitcher with a 5-plus ERA to back you up on the staff. Huh? Are you in? <laughs> That's that's that was the Angels' setup move to Lord tell Garrett Cole Lord we're all, we, we mean business one, here in L.A. One pitcher is not going to make the difference. Of course not. That's why I think it comes down to the Dodgers against the Yankees. It does. And for the Angels, what they need to do is they need to go get. And I thought they were going to go get Wheeler. Go get Wheeler and go get like Ryu from the Dodgers or something. Or you get like Wheeler and and and, and if you were going to Philly's get Cole, making another big splash. But listen, time will tell. The Angels are going to say, listen, you could be in your home state, close to your family, blah blah blah. You're going to play with the best player in baseball for the next 10 years, all that good stuff. Let me ask you quickly. Garrett can't say Cole, you're going to be a winner. Garrett, can't true. say you're going to be a winner. That's true. Oh, you could be a 500 player. Garrett Cole, the percentage chance. I think it's about 85%. Wow. That's sick. I, I would be very surprised I if say it 75. doesn't happen. If he's but not I, but I, like what, I like what CeCe said. He was not signing with the Yankees unless Brian Cashman got on that damn plane and came to his house. He goes, if Brian Cashman comes on the plane and comes visit you at your house, that you're all There's, in on you. All. Hey, they got the, the approval Yankees from the higher-ups. They also brought the analytic pitch, uh, pitching coach, which yep. is huge because I guess Garrett Cole is very into analytics and smart. And oh, God. The runs, there's nothing wrong we with need that. A, and Just, they brought Pettit as well. Well, it worked. And they brought Pettit. It worked. And, That's and fine. Gonna, come Pettit on, probably yeah. went in and like, here's what this looks like. These are called rings. Do you want these? Andy, That's sharp because yeah. Andy's got a lot and of don't, them. And don't forget, Andy. Hey, one of the best. Pit, and here's the thing: Andy season, most, left. 
Andy left to go play Houston. in his home state in Houston. And then came back to okay? the Yankees to win another and title. He, and then he came back. Won okay? another title. So he could say, listen, I've been in both your I know what it's like to win in the biggest. There's no better stage. I, to, as a matter of fact, he was in Houston. There's no better yeah. There's no better <laughs> stage to win. And then he came back to the Yankees and won another. But I'm nine. saying yeah. there's no better stage than being in New York and winning a championship. Then I went to my hometown and I played there a little bit. And I got to a World Series and we lost. And it was great, and you could tell them all the good. But guess what? I came back to New York, and nothing there was, no, beats and there was nothing better than Yankees. There is nothing like being a champion in, in New, New York. York, and you've got the recipe. You've got the roster and the team that I don't necessarily believe this, but I think most people do, is an ace away from winning multiple championships. Absolutely. I think he's the guy. That's why the he, Yankees he are goes, all in. He goes here. They win at least two of the next four years. I agree. They should. Garrett Cole. Come to New York. New York fans are having a tough time in sports right now. He'll it's be my dark, favorite player. It's dark days. Are you going to get Garrett Cole? Jordan? I will. Are you? Like shave, sh- shave that beard. He's yeah. going to have to shave the mullet and the and the, I'll and do the it beard. too. I'll support Garrett Cole by going clean shave. He doesn't understand his jersey sales and everything else. I mean, he doesn't understand the impact of what he'll have in New York. We should start the- buying Garrett Cole jerseys now with the stupid Cole name on the back. I know people hate that, but I think it's the only way to show Is our Is he going to be the number 45? Is he still going to Good question. Why? Who's 45 on the Yankees? I can't remember. They feel. I feel like they have every number retired. Luke Voigt? Is Luke Voigt 45? Yeah. No. I think is he, he is. I think Luke Voigt But like I said. Sorry, Luke Voigt. That's your what, jersey comes to Mr. Cole. You will be. Funny story. I don't know if you guys know this or not about Reggie Jackson. You know Reggie Jackson wore number nine. Yes, and for Oakland. And when he went to the Yankees, he was actually going to wear 42. Wow. And they actually, at his introductory press conference, he had a 42 jersey in honor of Jackie Robinson. Yeah. And then when he got to spring training, he actually had a Frank Robinson numbered jersey and then decided last minute to honor Hank Aaron with 44. Nice. Isn't that interesting? It is. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's a good way to end it. By the way, Greg Nettles (laughs) told Reggie to stick it when he asked for number nine because that's nails for you. Like I said, Garrett Cole, make us New York fans a little more happier because right now it's dark days for New York sports. And we didn't even get to talk about that, but New York sports is we'll talk in the that. dark days, in the dumps right now. But if Garrett Cole comes back, comes to New York, man, that can change a lot. We can only hope, right? Listen, I don't mind taking off the entire uh, winter and fall off. If I, It's just got to be spring, summer, and just focusing on the Yankees. I'm okay with that. And no bas- God, the and Knicks no ba- are terrible. The Knicks are so god-awful, it's not even funny. The Giants are pathetic. The Jets and the Mets, always. New York sports It's a terrible. tough time, man. Tough time, but if Garrett Cole comes, it could help. Thank God for the Yankees. <laughs> Thank God for the Yankees. Ladies and gentlemen, as I said, Joe, it's been a pleasure, as always, my friend. Thanks Thank for you for joining us. Of course. We can only hope good things now. All right. Be happy. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen. We're going to make some chicken bacon ranch casserole tonight. (laughs) 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 Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the college football weekend. Enjoy the NFL weekend. Massive games. It's put up or shut up weekend. And even for the Yankees, put up or shut up. Let's go. Let's get Garrett Cole into town. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Keys to the City. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. If you get a chance to check us out, check us out on Spotify and YouTube. Thank you for the support. We are out. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcast cruise control city state the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're locking the statements. 
streaming every Friday.